just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in, we're measuring flicks. Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And Carl, before we get started, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I did the thing again. What did you do? Dude, when I went, we went, so we're on our second you, episode of the day. Do you need me to grab you something? No, I'm good. But on our, we did our, uh. Do you have to poop? <laughs> no, not yet. It's paused. That might be coming. But like, it, so we did two, we're doing two episodes like we always do. And this, mm-hmm. we're recording our second episode of the morning. So usually in between episodes, I'll, pa- I'll stop the recording. We'll get a cup of coffee, whatever, go take a piss. And we both went and took a piss break. And on, I got into my room. I closed my door, but I I became consciously aware of it because of the Connor Sweeney episode we did for Patreon. By the time I had taken two steps into my room, my dick was up. <laughs> Dude, like I was, I was a good eight feet away from the toilet. It was just so. like ready to go. It was, yeah. <laughs> For a, I'm lucky that I didn't just walk peeing on my carpet. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> dude, my bathroom door wasn't even open yet. You could have just peed on your bathroom door. I like, was just <laughs> like, if my brain had failed, I wouldn't have. I've been like doorknob. Why am I peeing like, on I myself? Got, I got into the room and I'm like, all right, game time. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm I I come ready to ready to go. I totally forgot about that the, conversation in the <laughs> yeah, Die Hard two or Die Hard three. The uh, Die Hard yeah. yeah, it's Die Hard three. Patreon episode from, right. oh my uh, Which we'll shout out right now If you want to hear the original story It's over at uh, www.patreon.com Slash quill and film And that's where you can find A truckload of special episodes Holy man yeah That that particular episode was in The, De- the big December mm-hmm. uh, Deluge from yeah. season one I think we did like was it like 16 or 17 Close episodes to it. All the lethal weapons all the diehards all the exorcists There's all of way more the- exorcists yeah. movies than I thought there was and then there was one more what was it? Um, Black, Chris, Christmas. Black Christmas it was the Black Christmas the remake. remake yeah so we, d- we did a shitload of episodes and you can get if you head on over to Patreon you can get shout outs on the show you can get uh, the, speaking of those bonus episodes we do those every month minimum of two minimum of two sometimes four sometimes as many as 17 16, or yeah. whatever the hell yeah whatever we did in December which was absurd it took us almost a year just to get those Half episodes year, in the bank yep. so yeah head on over to Patreon we've got uh, some new patrons with us we'll think at the end of the show uh and it was uh, how much is it for a person a month to get those special bonus episodes well if you like what we do and you just want to help us along every tiny little bit helps mm-hmm. uh the pledges go as low as a dollar that'll get you a shout out on the show and our undying love and gratitude and actually access to the patron feed sometimes mm-hmm. i'll go on there and post stuff about oh these are the movies carl and yeah. i are watching right now our fun little anecdotes um, five dollars a month will get you the bonus episodes and such and then because Quillen Film Productions which Carl and I are uh, both a part of also does um, like music projects mm-hmm. like albums we're planning some film projects in the future uh, short films but also we're thinking about doing some features yes there is another tier on there that will get you access to the the film stuff once that starts exactly. coming down the pipe but you'll always get our undying love and a name shout out on the show of course yeah and, and maybe a scrunchie down <laughs> the, sh- the line the shout outs are fun yeah well maybe we'll We'll send you some stickers or scrunchies or I want to get the swag bag and op- uh, uh, but we need patrons to get the swag <laughs> it'll be it'll be a we'll send everyone out like a pencil to a, like a local bank yes 
<laughs> and uh, like one of those little fi- uh, it's the first community bank pen and yeah. then <laughs> it's a first community bank pen with just like sharpie over community bank and it says like measuring, measuring flicks, flicks but it's spelled wrong right. and it's like we a, ran out of room and it's measuring flick right and it's it's like a, a, a what the a Planned Parenthood condom <laughs> but it's open a little bit like slightly the, like torn the, the wrapper's torn it's gently used it's probably still good like it's it's in there but right. the, the wrapper's definitely mm-hmm. open so you're rolling the dice at this point right. that's not on us it's Speaking no longer of, 99.99 percent it, it's also one die we have one die in there <laughs> Because we're assholes. Right. A bottle cap. Um, <laughs> you know, swag. You, you, know? you know what swag is. Cigarette um, butts. <laughs> three different brands. It's Marlboro, like, Camel, and... Paul Mall. Paul Mall, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then an empty vape cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the kids. Right, right. You got to give your baby, your toddler something to play with. Um, so today, joke on the bottle cap. <laughs> that's dangerous. Don't be irresponsible. You don't want to give them a condom because they'll just get their <laughs> head into it and they'll suffocate. It'll be horrible. Um, so we're <laughs> so we're rolling on with uh, our first of two. Roger Trying Kerman to keep ones. it light up front, guys. Yeah, this is gonna be a hell of a get ride. ready, guys. Woo. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for this. At I all. was not. I was here's, not prepared. Here's what we're talking about. Today we are talking about nineteen. The film is from 1966. It's directed by Roger Corman. We're talking about the Wild Angels. Excellent cast. Excellent it is, cast. It is peppered, man. Peter Fonda, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. we get another Bruce Dern, dude. Bruce Dern, Nancy. It's Sin- actually the same Bruce Dern. It's, it's, a, a it's a totally different we get Bruce another Dern. Bruce Dern. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. He acts in kind of a similar. No, yeah. So we got Peter Fonda, Bruce Dern, Nancy Sinatra, um, Buck Taylor, Norman Alder, Joan. I think it's Shawley. Joan Shawley and Diane Ladd. Wow. Yeah, man. Okay. So it's a biker movie. Um, I intentionally we we have a biker month coming yeah. up, but I intentionally put this in with the Corman flicks because. I think it it's important to include it as part of his oeuvre. So in the history of where he came from. Right. Rather, because a lot of people misremember Easy Rider as a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, I do too. It's it's not. Um, like, it's, it's actually uh, Jack Nicholson. It, it was like a, a love project, a mm-hmm. love child of Jack Nicholson and Peter Fonda. Yep. And then who's the other guy in there? Dennis from Hopper. Dennis Hopper from yep. Blue, uh, Blue Velvet. Right, right. So... Easy. What happened is the because you you see right here Peter Fonda is in the Wild Angels. So he did this movie and had worked with Corman, and he uh, this was actually Easy Rider is the movie where Peter Fonda splits away from AIP. Right. Because he, he uh, he'd worked on other stuff with Corman too. Like there's a movie we're not going to cover this season, which is amazing, called The Trip, where Peter Fonda plays a guy who takes acid for the first time. Bruce Stern plays the trip sitter. That's amazing. It's an it's an amazing film. It's some of the most tri- trippy visual effects I've ever seen. Like there's scenes in the, that movie where uh, like Peter Fonda's make, making love with this woman on a bed and they got in two lighting specialists to project psychedelic swirling colors and Holy patterns shit. over their naked bodies but in such a way that the light only hit their bodies and not the rest of the room it's the movie watching the movie because I, 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 the first time i saw it i was totally totally sober i just watched it straight you're like hot but you make it, it feel it like it screws yeah. with you dude when you're done it's like watching a scanner darkly when you're done you're like 
Am I? <laughs> I need I need it's, two weeks to recover. Right, right, it's wild. The trip is really cool. We should definitely do it at some point. But um, so Easy Rider, which, which is an amazing film, like one of the great American films. Yeah. I thought I think it's important to keep Easy Rider in the conversation because you can kind of see the beats. The the genesis is there. Yeah, like it's the. It's the stuff the the pool is coming together. I mean, the murky my, stew. Is... My last note, man. Like, like, okay, I won't. We'll talk about it when we get there again in depth. I saw. I thought I saw a yep. Um, when we get there in depth. But and by the way, spoilers. The Wild Angels is worth watching, and we're gonna spoil it like hardcore. This mm-hmm. is a movie definitely worth seeing before you hear us talk about it. Yeah. Um, uh, can we put a link into Amazon for the set? It's hard to find outside of that. Yeah, that pack the that packet. You have. Yeah, um, sure. I can. I can if just remi- shoot me a text and remind yeah. me while I'm cutting them. Um, so at the end, the, the famous last one of the famous lines of Easy Rider is "We blew it." It's at the end after they've, they've yep. crossed the country and and Peter they're sitting around and Peter Fonda goes, "We blew it." Mm. The one of the la- actually it is the last, the last line, line of Wild Angels is Peter Fonda starts to shovel dirt into a grave while all of the angels drive like roar out of the graveyard and his the last line is his girl Nancy Sinatra uh, his girl Mike is trying is she says she's like we've got to go and he goes there's nowhere to go yeah. That's the last line. There's nowhere to get the other of the Wild Angels, man. There, they, the Wild Angels and Easy Rider are absolutely sister films. Well, there are there are a couple of scenes where I was like, "Ooh, this is definitely In Easy informing Rider. <laughs> Easy Rider." Yeah, like, there's there's a lot of it. The, the, well, you know, as soon as you put Peter Fonda on a motorcycle, you're like, "Ah, Easy Rider." But similar, there's more of it. It's a, more more to it than that going on. It's here. not the same bike, but it's a very similar bike. It's not quite. It doesn't have that the long chopper the long front. chopper front, but yeah, but it's it's almost super the same similar. Motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. It's like his bike before he chopped it. Yeah, and then put that. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of is. So, what did you think? You oh shit! Holy fucking swastika you, right in the title! Could, I could, thought it was shocking. You could almost watch Easy Rider as a sequel to this movie. Kind of. Because no, this, you could. Because this movie is about the Hell's Angels. Mm-hmm. And Easy Rider is about like biker culture in the hippie era yes. post Hell's Angels or like kind of like adjacent to the Hell's adjacent Angels. Adjacent to, right. So once he gets out of, once, uh, I mean, again, spoilers, once Blues gets out of jail, chops his bike, paints an American flag on the bad boy. Right. It's trades in the swastika for the red, white, and blue. And tries a different and path. And tries to go... <laughs> Tries Holy to smuggle shit. cocaine across the country. I would yeah. love to watch these back to back as a actually as that a would movie and sequel changes his name. All right, what Finds I Dennis Hopper. What I wanted to do is right off the right off the top. Mm-hmm. Did you like this movie? Not really. You didn't like this movie. It was just it was too much. I mean, I probably have to need to watch it again, but I was so just like ah oh, the whole time. Yeah. It was a lot. Of, it was very. I mean, this is exploitation at its finest. I mean, half of this movie is just debauchery um, and people not drinking correctly. So in that they spill it all, pouring it all over but, themselves. Yeah, and but stuff. it's it's a lot of very long like party scenes mm-hmm. of like. And there's actual hell's angels in this too that are partying yeah, with them. It, it's and it's just it's just showing you all of their how they live and i understand that too so my brain is in a little bit of conflict in that why we're seeing this and why we're hanging on it for so long right but they would always step a few feet into i'm fucking bored now territory interesting okay. yeah 
Do uh, you know this movie is actually I was really surprised I remembered this movie as being like two hours long It's, it's hour an hour 26 It is okay it's less than an hour and a half. it's less than 90 minutes long So it here, feels longer than that So we, we use legal pads mm-hmm. both of us now for taking notes Ready these are my notes on the movie mm-hmm. All of these are from the church on which is the oh, last well, I can see The that. last yep. like eight minutes of the movie So I have I have two pages of notes and one full page is the last eight minutes. This is the least amount of notes that I have written ever. Really? Besides not writing notes. I'm excited. I'm, I I had assumed, I made an ass out of you and me, Carl. That's all um, right. I'd assumed that you liked this movie based mm-hmm. on how we were talking about it before the show started. Because we always talk, we talk around uh, right. the movie. We have we, some banter that we, we, skirts along right. the edges we of the We always save the discussion, but I, I'm a actually a big fan of this movie cool this movie's really hard though this movie's it is this movie's upsetting it's really hard to watch this movie's often disgusting mm-hmm. like and not disgusting like ew barf this movie's like disturbing the people are disgusting this movie's really disturbing and upsetting i don't i don't have anyone that that i can relate to in this which makes it challenging for me as the viewer because i i find all of them deplorable so i don't have a wind my i don't have a window in that feels good they there's shit i have a note on it somewhere i'm sure we'll run into it but um i have a note in here where i realized that corman's not showing us this they are our they are our point of view characters mm-hmm. they're our protagonists and in that they're pushing the action forward right but at no point does corman want us to like these no people. i and, and i don't think he does either i because he's not showing us the this world to say hey this is this world and and enjoy it right it's like this this is a a time and a place and these people exist they're in the movie yeah. and we're gonna show what what the a week in the life of the hell's angels is essentially yeah and the the darkest of them I, I think let's get uh let's start at the beginning um i wrote down oh hell yeah that fuzzy guitar that the the guitar in this mm-hmm. the like fuzzy that that really like weird um uh shit what's that one song when i die and lay me to rest i'm gonna go to the mm-hmm. place that th- this that kind of that like re- it almost sounds like people like ripping plastic apart is the guitar is so fuzzy i'm a real i'm a tone hound yeah i know i, I dig loved it. that guitar tone and yeah, there is literally a swastika in the title. It's the, in the title. The W. They managed to like bend the, or it's the T in the Wild Angels. They managed to make the T a swastika in the title mm-hmm. sequence. The, one of the first things we see is that Peter Fonda, who is our our his name, he plays blues. He's basically the president He's our of this hero. chapter of the of the the Hell's Angels. He's wearing an iron cross. Yeah, he's got the iron cross right there, front and center, right on his chest. When we finally, we have no question about where his politics lie. <laughs> like, it gets even crazier later. There's at least five distinct Nazi flags, full mm-hmm. flags, like yeah. swastika Nazi. Well, spoilers, flag. funeral. They, That's one of the most amazing yeah. things I've ever seen. The loser has a swat like they a lot of them have swastikas on their helmets and shit. Well and I, hand stenciled in like a yeah. like a child writing on their helmet, like uh So I I wanna cause that the dude, the swastikas are gonna be the, the elephant in the room. Here. But if something weird happens though, like the, we have a reaction to the rolling cross, which is the swastika. Yeah. Which was a it wasn't always it's a symbol. Originally that, a Buddhist symbol. Right. It wasn't it, it, it's only recently actually had this sort of stigma right. attached to it. There was a moment 
where the the in the funeral we'll get to it yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But there was a moment where it was taking up most of the fl- the frame and the way that it was lit and the redness of it with the black it actually looked sort of beautiful in a way and it like it hit me in the gut so hard that my brain went wow that's that's pretty beautiful. It's and it's but it's a fucking huge swastika flag. Yeah, it's man. a Nazi flag yeah. and I went wow that's pretty beautiful. And it was and immediately it was like a hammer to my guts like it screws with you. Yeah. This movie I honestly think that the church sequence the the moment they start they get the coffin into I'm sorry the casket the moment they get the casket into the church from mm-hmm. that point until the credits roll I think is some of of the more compelling filmmaking mm-hmm. that I've seen in a long time. That's the best part of the of the movie is the is from is. the funeral forward. From the chapel forward is it's kind of like what Roger Corman did to me with Bloody Mama. Is like the as soon as Commissioner Gordon gets kidnapped, it's a whole different movie, and I'm in, I'm completely committed. They rock you it. into a totally different direction. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing happens to me here. I think that from from the time that Loser dies, yeah, forward, I'm in this movie. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, but Loser. F- Previous everything up until the point where he expires. I'm I, I'm kind of bored. And I'm, I'm not kind like, of, and I'm not fully defending like the like oh it's but it's just riveting stuff. The whole oh time. sure, uh, a lot of it is very decadent or or padding or indulgent. Yeah, I'm indulgent with you. is is the word. I'm with that, you. There are definite chunks of this movie that get boring. Yeah. Um, just watching Hell's Angels party for like it's five, not interesting to no, me. Not for ten minutes. No, no. it just show gets me really for long. two or three. They're jousting with their motorcycles. Or they're doing that sort of. You get a the sense motorcycle bullfighting. The motorcycle jousting. Yep. At their, and you get a, like they they are a family, but they're super dysfunctional. There's right. hate amongst the families. Like there's people that are more violent than others. There right. are real, so you do get informed very quickly by that. You see dynamics. Part, you see dynamic, and you kind of understand how they work mm. as a as a group and as a dynamic b- between everybody. But yeah. But then it, like I said, it sort of goes a few feet into like I'm really bored now. I think blue. I, I think that there are definite interesting arcs for some of the people, mm-hmm. like Frankenstein or particularly blues. Uh, blues for sure, because blues sort of. There, okay, so I'm a. Do you know the band Mud Honey? No. All right, so there's a band called Mud Honey uh, from back in the '90s. They're a Seattle grunge band, and I their first album of theirs I ever heard, uh, Super Fuzz Big Muff, has at, I think it's track. That's a great name. It is. It's the it's the name of two different fuzz pedals. Oh, Su- the Super Fuzz fuzz pedal that. Uh, um, there's a it's a Univox Super Fuzz, and then the Electroharmonics Big Muff. I actually right. have two Big Muffs. I fucking yeah, love the tone on those bad yeah, boys. Yeah, baby. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, th- there's a, I think it's track nine. I can't remember the name of the song just off the top of my head. But it's, oh, In and Out of Grace mm-hmm. is the name of the song. And the opening to that song is Peter Fonda's speech to the priest. Really? Yeah. We want to be free. We want to be free to do what we want to do. When the, he started saying that, saying those lines, I was like, oh, oh my shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I might actually throw that in here somewhere. Right. I might put that up top, just a little like a, a second up, because it's amazing. Because it. it starts, it, it immediately goes down after he finishes, and we want to get loaded, and they go yeah, and it goes down now 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 boom, and then this drums come in, and it's like this long build, slow build, build build, and then it cuts out, and Mark 
arm who has the gnarliest voice you've ever heard goes, Jesus, take me to a higher place. Oh, amazing. And then you're just fucking All off, right. baby. It's so good. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the... We can go back to the beginning. So yeah, we, we can, can get to the plot. To the so yeah. The whole thing starts with um, Blues is found... Lo- Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. They call him Loser. The Everyone loser. has their nickname. So Loser's right. bike got stolen by Mexicans and they don't know where it is. Right. So, uh, some Hells Angels, they discover that it's in Mecca in... Is it Southern California? Is it actually in Mexico? I think it's on the border. It's like on the border. Cause I think it's, it's just across the border. Just across because our state police, are, they still have jurisdiction they don't, there. Well, they, no, our, our cops don't follow them in. Right. They get, chased, they get chased out, chased out, out by, by Mexican by. cops. And then Bruce Dern, as he's trying to escape, right. hits, uh, I think he hits a roadblock at the border. Yeah. So and that's how he gets picked so up. So that's our, that's our first, that's, that's what sets all the action, all the pieces into motion is they find Loser's bike. Right. And so Blue is going to get the gang together to go down to Mexico to pick pick up his bike and take care of any business down there they need to take care of right it starts fairly innocuous yeah like, just hey, we get found, his bike back well yeah one of the, some of the first lines are hey we found your bike it's down in mecca we're gonna go grab it <laughs> uh, i have a note <laughs> um listen up peter fonda that necklace by the massively powerful flywheel at the machine at the uh not safe terrible i have another like that. leaning next to it it's dangling next he's to touching the- shit so you probably shouldn't touch the old oil derrick like it's not a good idea yeah because i guarantee you that rig was built way before osha standards and shit like there's no safety and any of that Well, the shit. giant the like it's not it's not a, actually a flywheel it's like a what would it be called it is. It is. It's like yeah. a. It's like a giant spinning hundred pound steel flywheel with like teeth. Yeah. And he has his iron Just cross swinging chain around. necklace like dip, bump, bumping into it and stuff. You know, not a bad way for that to go. I mean, really. For Peter Fonda to get his head ripped off. I mean, I'm not saying that I want bad things to happen to people. Right. But I, I mean, an iron cross. Yeah. So Bird caught some chunks of this movie. Mostly, she just happened to walk by anytime there was a swastika on screen, which mm-hmm. is actually fairly often. Right. <laughs> but uh, so I started talking to her, and I was I was like, "Well, yeah, I think what Roger Corman's pointing out is the inherent fascism of the Hell's Angels." Right. And Bird goes, "Because okay, in the popular." Consciousness. The Hell's Angels are like this freewheeling, fun-loving b- biker gang. Maybe they're a little ooh, sons of anarchy. That bikers are dangerous, but they're right. but they're good people. They just don't want to get hassled by the law. And why they just can't want to get get blazed and but live that, free, man? But that's not that's not actually the Hell's Angels. The that Hell's wasn't An- the genesis of them, anyways. No, they they're they are in, an inherently fascistic group. They're, when I say fascists, I mean, there's a reason that we're seeing swastikas. There's a reason that so many bikers wear, wear swastikas. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, I mean, we see overt racism repeatedly throughout this movie, but the racism is only part of it. The, the heartstone of, or the, what is it called? The, the heartwood? It's a guitar term. But the, like the, the core essence of fascism is responding to conflict with violence, I think. Right. Where basically it's like... If you disagree with something, you attack it with violence instead of any sort of Any discourse to, or dialogue. Right. Because right. you're, like, you're like, look, we've got... Here's, here's, what, here's how we're doing things. And someone goes, well, I don't think... Beat the fuck out of that guy right. or kill that guy. Well, then there's no... That's easy that way. Then no, you don't have... You're eliminating any sort of... Right. alternative way of thinking exactly or <laughs> so they're like okay bruce stern's um uh god he's fucking sexy in, this motorci- too, in a weird way Dern? god damn yeah. him so bruce stern's motorcycle gets stolen 
They go down and they beat the shit out of the Mexicans. I did like that his. fight scene because it was like they were just like, "Hey guys, we're gonna have you fight. Go." It was well done. Go fight. It was very well. Yeah, the kick fight each other. Good. I mean, they they get one of the Mexicans on the ground. They're kicking them. Like they're actually like kicking the shit. Out I don't of that think dude. they were. I was trying to figure out how they were doing it. It looks really good. It and looks the, great. The yeah. foley that they're doing for the body blows are like it sounds disgusting. But I was watching it. I think that he's. I think what he's doing is he's like digging his toe in mm-hmm. right in front of the dude, and they picked the perfect angle because it, oh, it was like great. It looks like he's kicking the shit, and I actually appreciate the. There's a juxtaposition of the the music that is playing. Yeah, it's very jaunty and sort of like hey, going to have a fight, and they're kicking oh, the shit out of Mexicans. And I wish I could remember what it is, but there's one of these songs. Uh, there's a song that recurs throughout this movie. It's like the Wild Angels theme. They they play it during they play it as a like a dirge mm-hmm. during the the funeral procession. They walk up to the to the garage when they get off their motorcycles when they get to Mecca, and they're all walking ca- casually towards the garage to get the bike. That felt so band of party, like Reservoir Dogsy, and did, like yeah. yeah, I love the I love the walk up of a group. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know any of them yet. We've had a very quick conversation with Bruce Dern and, and well, with Loser and, and Blues. Yeah. But just by the way everyone is walking, you get a sense of who everyone is and where they sort of stack up in the in the like rank and file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. And then fucking... They kind of walk in the same order that they ride in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They like the flying V almost. Right. And then and then losers fucking with a horse. Like, I know who this guy is. Yeah. Go. You're free. Fucker won't go. What's wrong? I'm like, like, I know who loser is the horse is now. follows yeah. him. He's like, do you see this? Yeah. yeah he's, you got a friend for life. Exactly. You freed him. Let's go. Let's get your bike now. Um... So this, this movie, this kind of movie is right up my alley. I'm, mm-hmm. to be honest... Look, it's 1966. It's a Roger Corman biker flick. I actually don't have any problem at all with the swastika stuff. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bug me. No, it doesn't bug me either. And the, the, my issue with this movie is uh, the amount of times that I caught myself being extremely bored. Yeah, the pacing is weird. But like, but okay, when we're first introduced to uh, Diane Ladd, uh, the loser's lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Stern's got his weird. Is she just like the the biker gangs like mess about with this one? No, she's... she catches it so frequently. Well, she's there's in the in the biker parlance of this film. There's old la- the your old the old lady. ladies and the old man, right? There's your your old lady is your girl. No one fucks with your girl. Um, then there's a are you going to be a mama? Mama is an older girl who doesn't have a, an old man. Who kind of gets passed around Right So like There's that scene Where they're like We're gonna race to this side Of the canyon And the first one back Gets gets to get with mama Right Cause mama doesn't have a dude So she's just like She's just sex She's free sex And that's actually One of the big conflicts That comes up in the movie Over and over again Is Who's this Do you, do you remember The skinny guy's name The guy who Is being really insistent About Frankenstein Frankenstein Yeah So Frankenstein's tr- Constantly trying to get with uh, Diane I'm gonna call her Diane Cause the, I don't fine. think she has a she, If she does have a name I didn't catch it um, so he's trying to get with Diane throughout the whole movie, even while the the loser's alive and yeah, around. Yeah, he's still alive. He's just in the hospital. So she'll like she'll run over and have Blues like take care of her, and Blues just can't be bothered most mm-hmm. of the time. But uh, so yeah, so that's that's that dynamic. But yeah, she gets it really rough near the end of the film, yeah. which we'll talk about when we get mm-hmm. there. But um, I, there was just something about 
Bruce Stern's sitting there. He's got his white leather cap on with his penciled big, in his big, sh- yeah. his big pen swastika on the side. And Peter Fonda's lounging around drinking like a warm beer. Out of an oil can, those old actual fucking aluminum cans. Yeah, man. And Diane Ladd comes out. She just looks like this hot trailer trash chick. There's something like really dirty and gritty about this kind of movie that I like. Mm-hmm. I. It looks stinky. As Ooh. as reprehensible as these people are, like okay, when you're watching movies about like street racing kids, right? And there's like the girl, and she comes out in her white tank top with her black bra showing through, you know, and she's got a cigarette hanging out of the corner of her mouth. These aren't necessarily people you'd want to hang around with, but boy, do I like watching movies about them. Yeah, no, I get you, I get you on that. It's it's that it's that like kind of like uh, that. It's it's a trashy good time, man. This movie in a a big chunk of this movie is trashy fun, and then it kind of stops being fun at a certain point. Yeah, and that's when it's in a weird way. This movie is like a looser, less well executed version of Straw Dogs. By the end of the movie, by the end of it, yeah. So my note about the look and feel of it is yeah. like you. Everyone is so grungy and dirty in it. And to the film's credit, I think because it's like part of the. The 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 view it gets you into that universe, right? Well, right? since most of the cast is real Hell's Angels, and they're all filthy, yeah. But I said uh, that God, most of them look like they smell like old leathered assholes and microwaved <laughs> Velveeta and sardine sandwiches. Jesus Christ, you're not wrong. Like, but like from from like sitting on a bike all day, the it smells like leather and butthole. Mm-hmm. And but you've also been just eating cheese and like sardines and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what these, <laughs> these and a little bit of engine oil. You mash that all up. That's what these dudes smell like, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And they wash their hands by just doing that. It's like ah, my hands dirty. So nah. they just wipe it on their on clean their, now on their cut. Yeah, and just wipe it off on the cut, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's good now. That's I can good. do surgery now. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a tooth pulled? Right. Maybe I have my hands in your mouth. <laughs> well, if we find out in the hospital they haven't invented le- uh, like rubber gloves yet. That is, um, we let's go through it. Uh, yeah, let's get through it. Yeah, let's go through it in order because, dude, when we get to the hospital, like there are moments That's of this. Worthy. There, are, there are moments of this movie that are so perfectly executed. Like uh, pacing problems aside, because as you'll recall, one of our other favorite movies from season one, um, Black Caesar. Black Caesar is an awesome movie, yeah. but there are many parts in that movie where suddenly you're you like, check out. you're yep. like, all right, well, my eyes feel weird. Hmm, hmm. <laughs> oh, do I have a, I wonder if I did my taxes yet. Oh shit. The movie's still on and movie. you come back and yeah. then it's interesting again. But, th- but that's what I like about, we'll just call it. We talked about it in the first Roger Corman episode. No Roger Corman movie was ever a B picture. Right. They were always all successful. Of his movies, yeah. yeah. All of his movies were successful. They all made their money back. They were all um, um, profitable. Yeah. And they all That's ran. continue to keep making movies. Right. And all of his movies ran as A pictures. So, but but we can just use it as a term because people, people have they, it in they, their yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. So, but like, it's it never fails to surprise me when we wa- sit down and watch something, watch a B movie. And it's executed as well as this mm-hmm. is, or or it makes you feel things, or it makes you think about things, and it isn't just like a hey look it's a man in a rubber mat, or like hey look it's bikers punching each other. Right. Suddenly you're like, there's you, there's more to it. It's the well goes a little bit deeper. Right. It's it's kind of amazing. Um. So we, they they uh, they drive out of town. The law starts following them. They get down into this weird like oasis area. It's like a campground kind of thing, but yeah. it's there's water. Because loser peeled trees. off one way, they all peeled off the other way. 
Not yet. This is before they go and get Loser's bike back. Because they go... They party before? I thought they partied after. I thought they got down there. They No, they go down... Because here's what happens. They go down into the trees. Mm-hmm. And then Loser jumps on the back of uh, Blue's bike. And he says, all right, we're going to race to that side of right. the canyon. And the first one back gets to fuck mama. And they they all take off. And they drive to Mecca. Right. Because that's when... Because Bruce Stern is still on the back of, okay. of Blue's bike when they take off. But when they come back, Blue's comes back alone. And that's when Diane, the actress, his name is Diane, but right. whatever. That's when Diane comes up and she's like, where's the loser? He'll be like, he'll be along. And then they... He's, he's not. not. But so they go to... They go down to Mecca. They find the bike. They get into the garage and you're like, here comes a showdown. And the first fucking thing that we hear is, which one of you taco benders stole the loser's machine? And it's a bunch of dudes sitting around draped in iron crosses and swastikas. Yeah. And so here's my note. Roger Corman is just showing us who these people are without glorifying them or judging them. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I, that's, that's, such a, that's such a line. That's how, how do you manage that? Yeah. And this is how you manage that. Because I sort of thought the same thing. Because it's not like, oh, taco benders, they're being racist and they're ha. And we're not. Yeah. Like, which one of you taco benders? Boop. <laughs> High fives right. all around. Because they're, they're not. It's just, it's a quick thing and it's done. He drops it on the floor and he lets it sit there. It's, yep. it's like this whole movie to me in a weird way not the whole movie there's a couple moments in this movie and this is one of them a lot of moments in this movie to me felt like the moment in fear and loathing in las vegas when um uh, benicio del toro threatens to kill the waitress with the knife mm-hmm. and then they leave and hunter s thompson or johnny depp's character looks just horrified really broken up about yeah. it i think in a way we're meant to see we're meant to see um blues going through that mm-hmm. as we go through the movie because there's there's a there are several scenes in here when we get to the hospital there's a it's clear as day but even here there are a couple moments where you can see blues being like okay I'm, i can't i'm not gonna check these guys because i'm, I'm the president i'm the president yeah. i'm gonna it, unless they step way out of line i'm gonna let them do their own thing because that's how i got he's his, constantly seeing it and it's affecting it him it bothers him yeah, it bothers him stuff bothers him like frankenstein Which is fucking amazing because he has a morality i mean he is the one wearing the iron he's cross the iron cross and his morality is being checked constantly yeah, and it's in a weird way what we see in the in the chapel because we see blues heading heading down this one particular road where it looks like his will be a, a redemptive tale. Mm-hmm. But the second he stands up in that chapel, we want to be free and we're gonna have a party. And then all the shit happens. He leaves his old lady, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But like, it's almost you can almost hear in the silence after that party when they're carrying the casket out. You can almost hear his voice in his head. We blew it. Yep. You Fuck, see, man. you see, fucking Fonda heading down this redemptive road, and then blows it. And he just says "fuck it" and goes right back. It's like in. being, it's like being on a life change diet. Like I'm keto now, and I'm not going to drink alcohol except for on special occasions. Yeah. And then, then you're at a Pizza Hut buffet eating a salad, and you go "fuck it" and you eat two pizzas, and you slam a bottle and you of slam vodka. a bottle of yeah, vodka. Like yeah, it's it. It's almost like you know you lost a hundred pounds. Your your numbers are better than they've been in yeah. forever, 
and then you just all of a sudden one day just and decide, for no reason for no, nothing happens. You're, it's yeah. Uh, well, ta- I think he has a reason. Oh, he does. I think it's yeah. grief in a way. Um, Nancy mm, Sinatra points that's it out. So interesting. What, yes. What do you think of Nancy Sinatra in this movie? By the way, I don't know, man. It was like I think she's pretty good. I, it's like she didn't know she hadn't sussed her character out completely yeah there's not a whole lot of depth but we've seen she also seems confused to me a lot and i don't know if that's a character choice well given i think i think it is a character choice because like do you love me blues i don't know no fair enough i mean she would be but i think even more than that she she came across to me like she she doesn't really know what movie she's in Mm. okay because we've seen nancy sinatra be amazing and this is isn't quite right but it's it, also there's so much shit going on and too. Like it's such a big cast, we don't get a whole lot of time. But a lot of people there. get swallowed up in in the I, the I, amount of people on screen yeah. at one time. Too, I, so I liked I, her in this because for me, she kind of filled the Yvette Vickers role of okay. like trashy blonde broad. Right. Um. In the end, her her scene in the graveyard in the end is awesome. Seeing like she, I think there's like real some some vestiges of like legitimate desperation in her yeah. performance. So. Moving on. Well, she has chops. I'm not going to take that away sure. from her at yeah. all. Yeah, but moving on down, and uh, uh, one of uh, a favorite of Quentin Tarantino as well. But moving on down, they get the law sees a horse running around <laughs> because of the loser. Like, what the hell is this horse? They're doing like, here? Hmm, let's go see what all this noise is about. And the loser sees. He goes. He goes. Oh man, it's the it's the heat or whatever the hell. Yeah. And he. It's the man. He peels off. From the rest of the group and jumps on one of the cops' bikes to draw to draw the cops yep. away from his friends, which must have a forty mile per hour governor on it. Yeah, it's a twenty one ha- half I mean, horsepower. That, that fucking motorcycle. thing is hurting. Well, you can see him like super frustrated. He's like, he's like "Come this, on, damn it!" He's like, "Is this on? for real? This is a cop bike. This should be going faster." He's like, than "Where's this? the pedals? Let right? me like." It's seriously. <laughs> it's he could get out and walk faster, which he probably should have done. Yeah. Well, there's. This is the first time we'll see a motorcycle kind of not behave the way it's supposed to. And mm-hmm. the second time is p- pure brilliance, p- genius filmmaking. But uh, he, he's shot in the back. Yeah. And he's struggling with that. That's I shit. feel it. Bruce Dern is selling that. What an amazing actor. Because it's so easy to, to the tendency would be to overact it or to 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 portray in some way oh i'm shot i still have to ride this bike but it's his it's like it's uncomfortable you know what that feels like it's like he's yeah, it's like it's, a charlie horse that he could not possibly yep, get yeah it's like, like just painful enough uh, and he's struggling with it and it's like you feel i feel it i felt oh it my, my God, guts dude. okay i'll do it i'll say it right now like peter fund is great everyone mm-hmm. in this movie is fine bruce dern is the best performance in this movie i would by agree. like a hundred years at least not cl- not even close uh, even after he's dead, yeah, he's the say, best performance in the movie. When this weekend at Losers, like, yeah. Holy shit, is he good in this movie, dude? We'll get to the hospital, but when he goes in for surgery and he's got his hands, hands up, and his, you can see his arms are flexed as just fucking hard. And the way he's holding them, you've done that though. Yeah. Where you're, you've, you've, you're like, you can't control it. Your body is so you're tense. injured or you're hurt, and you'll like find the one po- position where it hurts a little less, and you just hold there. As desperately as you can. I was going to say, with desperation, you're holding... God damn. Dude, I I have so much respect for Bruce Dern as an actor Mm -hmm. in this movie. 
He's and, incredible. Yes. And, and honestly, wait, have we ever, have we yet seen a bad Bruce Stern performance? Well, this is two for two, so no. Two for two. I'll, I'll tell you right now, he's excellent in the trip, and we know he's awesome in The Hateful Eight. He's killer in Nebraska. Dude, Bruce Stern is an amazing shit, actor. Dude. And um, oh, fuck, that cop is dead as shit. That, I, that's my next note is Johnny Law's motorcycle crash was awesome. Yep. Oh my god, dude! They just they just like drove a bike off a cliff with, with a, a dummy fucking on dummy on it, and he's hitting rocks and oh shit. Oh my god, it it's looks so good. So great. <laughs> it looks I so- <laughs> I clapped. I was all by myself. I'm like yay! Oh my god, that cop crash is killer. But but it gets. This is where Corman's brilliance shines for me. Yeah, Corman. I, I, I'm starting to see a pa- not a pattern, but I'm starting to see the 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 tools in his toolbox. He'll show you something really big and explosive and raucous or whatever, and then he'll. It, we talked about cutaways in the last episode. Yeah. He'll he'll uh, he'll show you something else that means something in the aftermath of it. It's almost. Can I be? A, can I talk? Yeah, can please. I talk witchy for a second? Oh, absolutely! I love it when you do. All right. So there's this thing called. Uh, there's this thing in chaos magic that Peter J. Carroll, 1970s English. Um, uh, heir to high ritual magic called sigil magic that the the chaos magicians did and basically what you do is you you it's a, it's kind of a long process but you take a, a desire or a wish or something that you want some change you want to affect in your life or some um, uh, outcome that you want to get and you write it out and then you take the letters of it and uh, through a process turn them into a symbol a glyph okay. so you have a symbol a simple symbol that you can hold in your mind you write that down. You get your symbol ready. Then you find through various means. They used to do it by spinning until they were like until they collapsed. Grant Morrison has done it by jumping off a uh, um, bungee jumping. Okay. So you you build yourself into a full like a an utter peak, an utter emotional peak. The easiest way to do it is just to masturbate, because in the moment of orgasm, what you're going for is. A moment where your mind is utterly flatline blank, and in the moment of orgasm, you're not. He goes, you don't. Yeah, for yep. like one split second, you're not thinking about anything. You're just poof. And your brain goes yep. blank, and in that moment, you visualize the symbol, right? The the glyph that 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 sigil, and you project it. Uh, depending on what you how you believe it works, you project it into your own subconscious, or you project it out into the universe right. for the woo woo. I'm more subconscious. Train your that, brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you. So you take a, a glyph that means this desire and you shoot it into your subconscious in a moment of ut- the highest so utter height. Very, I mean, it's like there imprinted like, yeah. a, like and, a shadow after an A-bomb goes off. Right. Like, and yeah. then afterwards, you just keep going on and living your life because now you've done the work. You've it's burned done in. it with intention yeah. and it's, it's planted. You've planted that seed. Roger Corman does the same thing from a cinematic perspective. And actually, since this is 1966, he's right in the wheelhouse for like the... The early years of Peter J. Carroll and the Chaos Magicians. You gonna sneeze? Are you gonna throw up? Damn it! (laughs) You took it away. You stole it from me. I didn't mean to. But I think, in a weird way, that that's why Roger. Part of why Roger Corman's movies have stuck around is Mm -hmm. he utilizes a very similar technique where he'll think about okay the next scene, the that slow approach toward the four officer roadblock. 
the cinematography of that. It's gnarly, dude. We get, we get, it's a chase. Dern is shot in the back. There's a crash. There's a, there's dummies and fucking. And then in the aftermath of that, you've just hit a peak. We saw, we saw a horse running around. We saw a fight with the Mexicans. We see a Mexican uh, police chase. We see Fonda and everyone hauling ass back home. And then Bruce Dern gets shot in the back. And that's your peak right there. The moment the bullet hits him. And that, is when Corman starts switching the cinematography, or that's when the cinematography starts to shift and Corman changes the tone. And now what we get is we get cut, cut, we're getting cut back and forth. We hear, what we're hearing is that bike engine winding down. Yep. And we're in that, we're hearing it slow down. We're yeah, seeing, he's going uphill too. So that's, we're seeing Dern slow down physically. We're seeing the bike he's wobble. Fighting it, yeah. But it's not just us sticking with Dern. We'll see, we see yeah. this we see this like wiggly camera of Dern like all over the road and then when we do our cutaway it's a slow very steady like inexorable um um it's not a pan it's a but, but an approach but yeah. basically it's not as we're approaching a roadblock and the camera's utterly still and we're going way slower than Bruce Stern is actually driving and then we cut back to Dern and it's hand cam again and he's wobbling and the the image is shaky and then we're cutting back and it's inexorable is the perfect word we just keep approaching that roadblock and it what it shows there what it what it gets across is what Dern is approaching is the inevitable end for all of these bikers. Yep. This is the uh, yeah. This the, moment changes everything. We're in the first 15 minutes of the movie and right there Corman has just using his, the visual imagery of the film, just using just using cinematography, showing the contrast. There's another contra- uh, contrasting scene that's about to happen which I think it will will kind of like uh yes and this note i have right here but like when we're looking at the bikers it's hand cam it's shaky it's wobbly it's it's dynamic it's action-packed it's fun but when we see the law man that's just a steady cam and they just keep moving towards it oh boy it doesn't move the the that's brilliant cinematography that's a conscious choice and it's so well executed it shows you the two worlds it shows you the how the two worlds relate to each other and it shows the ultimate result of their inevitable collide because what's the we actually get it played out dern falls over the bike lands on him and he crawls crawling crawling his back like you can see the agony on his face because he he every time he uses his back muscles that bullet has been there burning yeah and he gets he gets out into this he he gets up on his feet puts his hands up and putting his hands up hurts so bad that he blacks out for a second and hits the pavement again and he just lays on the ground like curled up and these officers again because what we get now is we're getting that low shot we we as bruce falls uh bruce falls on the ground we get a whip pan down with him and he hits the ground and he curls up and then we get a it's probably on a stick because it's utterly steady it's a it's a bird's eye view steady shot of four cops walking very slowly over to dern they surround him they look down at him on the ground and uh you know like that that's it. like what did we just see who, who is the loot the losers this fun like yeah man i don't care give me some give me a yep. joint i got a swastika on my but when he's shot in the back and the party's over and he's laying there this is it's almost like in a weird this is also i just this just popped into my head it's not like i've been writing my thesis on no, this it's but, great. Just, I'm but just this. now dude what 
what do we get there? We get Bruce Stern laying flat and the cops like four mourners around his grave. Yeah. Foreshadowing his, the end his, of the movie. His, yeah, his, his inevitable and the conclusion of the yeah, Hells Angels here. It's too. incredible. Like that scene, that this scene that I just talked about is in a... It's in a 1966 yeah. Roger Corman movie. That shit is incredible. So there are there are a few moments like that in this film, and then a lot of it's like palm fronds in the face. And yeah, I I feel <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like a, like some parts of this movie where the film crew just out and the Hell's Angels started fucking around and they just like, capture it. They're like get it. Yeah, roll. I think that's what they did because I mean, it, this is an exploitation film oh clearly this yeah. is totally an exploitation film so some of like watching like motorcycles jousting with each other it's probably two hell's angels just hey let's grab these palm fronds and joust each other it's, and it's you know it's fun it's it's kind of romping and weird but by modern sense you know what sharp fucking palm fronds are you're gonna cut your eyes out <laughs> they don't care that is irresponsible um he said to the hell's angels right uh i wrote down I wrote down there's a uh, there's a rough romanticism so, here. That's all good. That one, I, if you hadn't said anything, no one would even know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I said there's a rough romanticism here, but there's also this dark fascistic undertone that runs through. And I thought a perfect example of that was when the the Hell's Angels are hanging around waiting for because they don't know Bruce Stern's been shot yet. They don't know the loser's not coming back. Yeah. When they see the rabbit, I think, I think Blues has an idea. He, he blues, might get, blues a, starts get a bit to of a get sense uneasy. to it. Yeah. Um, but then again, blues, the first thing blues does is lay down and smoke a joint. So he's True. just chilling. He's just chilling. But they must really like rabbits when they see that rabbit. It's, it's like a perverse, it's like the, the perverse underside of an English fox hunt. Yeah. It, Cause as soon as they see it, like everyone gets up and goes, they don't, and they don't just run after it. They get on their bikes. Yeah. They're chasing them on their horses. And, like, whoop, whoop. Yep. and then there, there's some people on foot running, which are like the hounds. And then here they are on horse. It's, it, it it's, echoed. Uh, you f- almost hear the Kalu Kalei there. Mm-hmm. It, it was a weird <laughs> what really uh, from planet of the apes no that's the from like a fox hunt i don't know anything when about fox Trump, hunts i don't know uh, the, the only thing I've i know read about them in comics and i saw you, one on do you want to know how much i know about fox hunts yeah the only thing that uh, is from mary poppins when they they save the fox from being hunted by the cartoon people and they go on the trumpets to signal the foxes in the run uh-huh. and then but mary poppins is like foxes are good you shouldn't hunt foxes and then they do the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious song with the penguins that's uh, that's as much as i know about fox hunting <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> I know that in uh, Grant Morrison's epic comic book, The Invisibles, <laughs> there's a series of British people who uh, hunt poor people like it's a fox hunt. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, that's that, pretty much it. Like though. that, like that. Um, oh, the John Woo movie with which one? Oh, with um, Hard Target, I think. Hmm. It was. It's uh, Jean Claude Van Damme in New Orleans. Real. I've never seen Hard Target, but worse, I've never seen Mary Poppins. It's like a hot. I've never seen Mary Poppins, Carl. I'm just saying. I know. I do a film podcast. I've never seen Mary Poppins. Whatever. Who cares? There's a lot of movies I haven't seen. There's a shitload of movies that you haven't seen that you should have seen. Maxwell Peterson. (laughs) Um, I'm going to cancel my plans for the rest of the day. You're calling in sick. I don't work today. (laughs) You're you're staying home. Okay. And we're going to watch... 
<clears throat> we're gonna watch we're gonna watch Mary Poppins. <laughs> we're gonna make some popcorn. Well, I'll, I'll make some tiki drinks. It'll be good. Okay. We'll sit you down. We'll right. I got some charcoal. I'm gonna fire up the Perfect. grill. Do burgers good. for for we'll dinner. Do Mary, just watch I, the Mary. Poppins. I feel like you you should. Everyone needs to, everyone needs to hug Max right now because this is the saddest. This has now become this is the saddest. This, episode this has become the saddest done. day for me. This is why I'm this as is broken worse, as I am. This is worse than the, the vehicle repair bill that I have to pay shortly. <laughs> this has really made me sad, Max. How old are you? Twenty four. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're you're a man now. You should- <laughs> <laughs> you're a man now. on your face we were like I, I apologize I shouldn't have said you were 24 that was rude now that you are a man at 28 just like your face you looked genuinely like concerned you're like sorry. I did not mean to say you were 24 <laughs> oh shit I'm I know that you look what are you like 1920 21 you drinking you got bottles you gotta be at least 21 I'm so sorry. Point being, I watched Mary Poppins. Almost thirty years old, and it's never lived in your soul. The oh nope. The only God, your life is gonna change. Is it? I don't know. Probably not now. (laughs) Because I'm too old. Because you're too old. (laughs) The magic (laughs) has died. God damn it. Yeah, I'm unsavable at this point. I'm too cynic. No, man. I've been no. reading Jen Sincero's new book because Bird made me do it. Let Mary Poppins live in your soul. Dude, I will. With I'm a open. spoonful of sugar, baby, makes the medicine go down. You know what's dumb is I know a lot of the songs. Of course you do because it lives in the ether of like mm. people. It is the zeitgeist. Yes. It is like totally. Did they make a remake? Yeah, just Poppins? recently with Lin-Manuel Miranda as not Bert. Was it good? And you don't know what Bert means. I don't. Did you? Fuck. Did you? It see was, it was not good? good. Not good. So mm-hmm. watch the original. Don't yeah, bother. Skip it. Okay. It's okay. It's probably sacrilegious to say that I didn't like the second. But I didn't. The, it was bad. The sequel. The sequel. Is shitty. It a, is it a sequel or is it? It a, is a direct sequel. And it's recent. Yeah, last year. They made a sequel. Huh, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. You know what? I still haven't seen. <laughs> I'm just. I don't want to know, talk about sorry. fascists for a second, so I'm just. No, I need. We needed a break. Have, a breather. Have you seen, yeah, yeah. Have you seen? Uh, have you've seen Suspiria? Oh have, yeah. Did you see the remake yet with Tilda Swinton? I haven't. Dude, I'm. I'm. Dude, Tilda Swinton's in it. I'm game. Yeah. No. I fair will, enough. I will spin it. I'm a little worried because I love Suspiria so much, but. Tilda yeah. Swinton, dude. We just come on. Only lovers left alive. She can fucking pull off. Oh, I just learned something again recently that I was like, I love her. She's awesome. So, oh, I watched uh, Burn After Reading, <laughs> which isn't as bad as I remembered it. Tilda Swinton's fucking amazing I in that. I don't like that movie that much. No, Brad Pitt's I, I think, ridiculously overblown in that. Yeah, I think it's kind of and so is Clooney. They're all doing like, hey, I, we're in a fucking Coen like Brothers is, movie. Um, 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 good. What's his name? Best part of it's. Um, Brad Pitt getting shot in the face. <laughs> it's, it's actually really funny. It's hilarious. Um, who's the guy? It's John Malkovich. Yes. I don't like John Malkovich in that movie. I don't really like John Malkovich. So. In general? No. I like him in some stuff. Actually, wait, no. I might be lying. I can't think of anything that I like him in. Where he's, he's always John Malkovich. Well, that's why he's being John Malkovich. I know. Uh, he's a good in Red. He's fun in Red. Have you seen Red? No. Red's a fun action movie, Carl. I'm afraid, like, we talk shit about people on the show. Yeah. Just having, like, made fun of John Malkovich, I'm actually, for the first time on the show, afraid for my life. Because? Because if he ever, for some reason, listens to Measuring Flicks... (laughs) They mentioned you on the new Measuring Flicks, like, well, what's that? (laughs) Right. I will... 
What did, what did you see? Fucking oh, you scared the shit out. I'm like, out. is he here? The way you look, like, <laughs> I just conjured John Malkovich. His fucking lawyer. All people on the on the planet, he would Keep be the talk. one that's that would be capable of doing such things. <laughs> I believe in his magic. So I, you know, I take back everything I just said about the AFI's top 100 actors of all time, uh, John Malkovich. Malkovich, who who isn't the same person in every movie is that accurate is he in the afi's top 100 actors of all time? no idea wow look at you vamping as i go and I kill try- a bug on i was my wall. trying so you're doing hard. so Thank good you. man um all right let's dive back, back in to fox hunts here we go all right so i'm actually impressed that i could track where we segued from this fox hunt yeah because we, we went it. we yeah. went away for a while there um so the the f- I, I love the fact that we get this the fox hunt. So my next note is the raucous devil may care rebellion in the world outside, contrasted with because okay remember what we were talked about? Um, oh, look, it's wild hand camera, and then it's mm-hmm. that the super yep. oh unbelievably steady super slow pan in towards the or or, or tracking in towards the the cops. The next thing we see is like, it's like, hey, we are hell's angels. And like, oh no, if not, it's not Frankenstein. It's the other guy. It's like his second in command is mm-hmm. doing ether. Oh, right. So he's doing ether and uh, uh, Blues stands up and he's like, I fucking told you not to do that shit. And he punches him and then Blues gets punched and there's a fight. And but and what it is, is like, oh no, the, cam- the camera fell in the mud and oh, the camera's whipping mm-hmm. around. And then we we're in a hospital. Yeah. And it's quiet. No score. Nope. Utterly scoreless. All you hear is like from other rooms. The, the doctors and the nurses aren't even speaking. No one talks. This is a, this is um, I said there was like three or four genius moments. This is beautiful. The hospital yeah. moment is this early hospital. The, I la- actually like the hospital breakout too. I think it's a lot of fun. But this is brilliant fucking yeah. filmmaking. Bruce Stern comes in on the gurney and his hands are like clutched to his chest. He's he's doing that thing where it's like, if I just stay exactly like this, this will make it better. At least I don't feel like I want to die. Yeah. It only hurts like almost more than I can bear. But if I move, I will die. Yes. And they get him on the table and you, dude, his performance is so good. He's terrified. Yes. The loser is so scared that he's going to die. He's afraid of the mask that they're putting on his face. He well once they oh my god dude the mask is fucking amazing there so he gets on the thing and they get the nurse gets one of his arms down and he's he doesn't want to let his arm down he's like no 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 uh, and the what they're doing is they get his left arm down to give him a shot yeah. and when he gets the shot he turns his head away like a little kid yeah. and it breaks your heart and this is a dude who a second ago had on a leather helmet with a swastika on he's it. He's responsible for the death of a police officer. He's, he's 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 just kicked the shit out of a bunch of Mexicans. Like right, yeah. and watching watching Dern able to able to inhabit to wear all those hats mm-hmm. and still like I actually give a shit about the loser. In the, yeah, in this moment, you actually care about him. A lot of it's, it's just Bruce Dern doing great work. It is. It's, you know, like anyone else, you'd be like, fuck you, dude. This is a fascist guy. Like a cop just died because of him. This is some bullshit. But absolutely hats off to Bruce Dern because it, it, his performance makes me care about this character. Mm-hmm. In a weird way, Peter Fonda, to a lesser degree, makes me care about blues later on. There's some interesting stuff that Peter Fonda does throughout this movie, but no one is rocking it like Dern. Dern mm-hmm. is on fire in this he is, movie. He is a sh- he's the MVP of Absolutely. this flick. He turns his head away to not look at the shot because it kind of stings. 
And then they start pulling his right arm down And now he's like what are you doing over here yeah. Please don't do this And then it's just to get his blood pressure cuff on yeah. And you can see panic and fear Fear of dying mm-hmm. Like he can see mortality coming And that's when the, the anesthesiologist brings the mask And he does not want nope. that fucking mask But the second it hits his mouth <sighs> He starts taking those deep breaths. He's like, "Just get it in. Get yep. get me get me high. Get me out. Get me out, please." Like he doesn't want the mask on his face, but the second it hits, and he realizes, like, "Oh, if I the good gas here, I can." They go haven't out. even. They, it's dude. It's heartbreaking because they, they hadn't even turned the gas on. Yet. None of the doctors are talking. There's no score. It's ju- all you hear is Bruce. The, they have not turned the gas on yet, and all you hear is Bruce Stern. <laughs> so good. It's dude. It. You're sitting on the couch, like, if you're watching this movie and you're like, oh, yeah, man, this is cops. This, this is the moment when everyone in the room watching Stops the movie talking. with you, they all stop Chip talking. half in the mouth. No not one, crun- you're you not crunching chewing. it. You're like, it's, a, it's amazing. I'll get back to the Dorito. This is unbelievable. Yeah. This moment is so goddamn good, dude. Um, th- yeah, this is where I got that note from. It says, this, con- this contrast between the raucous rebellion of the world outside and the cleanly shot silent world of the hospital is the heartwood of Roger Corman's flicks. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, matter of fact, no nonsense efficiency of the hospital staff. The, like, this is not... Like they're they get him okay get him on his side they put the blanket over him okay here's the uh, operating surgery they they get the they start unfolding the mm-hmm. sheets in a very like everything is very mechanical they've done they've this done a thousand times. times yep and one of the things that struck me about this scene and kind of about this movie is these guys want to the, these the hell's angels want to live outside of society and outside of the well, laws they be free man we don't want to get hassled we're free. Until you're Un- shot. Until you need it. And then... that not going to go there, but yeah. Dude, it's unbelievable. It's it's so goddamn did you catch good. the Did you catch the moment where he's he's under because the, the, he's down? Yeah. The, the yeah, anesthesia the anesthesia, is, yeah. work. And so he's, they turn him over and they start working the wound and he flinches. Mm. Like, because immediately I'm like, oh shit, yeah, he's probably not as down as, as hard as they want him because he's been doing drugs his whole life. So he's feeling it. He's aware. Wow. Because uh, it's there. I hadn't as made soon, that connection. As soon as they start working the wound. He makes a noise he, he too. Go, yeah, he goes. Ugh. It's like a little. Uh, and that's yeah. when we cut. They cut on the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be. I learned it the other day. But yeah. alcoholics, people that use a lot of drugs, they're notorious for being hard to keep down mm-hmm. or to get down as far as they need to be to not be aware of surgery happening. Yeah. So I, th- I feel like that's an actual note. Like, yeah, he's dude. Dern did work. He, yeah. When he did, um, when he did the trip, he, Bruce Dern is anti-drug in real life. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'm saying that like, I know I just learned that. Yeah. He, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, he is. Clearly I've known that for 18 seconds. <laughs> Bruce Dern, uh, in real life is very anti-drug, so, but he was playing a trip sitter. So he's like, I, so he did a bunch of research into the world of drugs, into the effects of LSD, the re, a lot, but basically on that movie, the rest of the cast and crew all went out and did acid did over acid. the course of a day. What they did was they did it in waves. They did like 10 people are going to do it and the rest of us are going to hang out and keep an eye on you. And when you guys come up, we're going to do it and you're going to oh, keep an gnarly. eye on us. Yeah. So, um. So I mean, that's the way to do it. But yeah, have a trip sitter around for sure. Yeah. Don't just be like. We're alone. Let's do some. I'm not saying I've made that mistake. Dude, do some solo acid. Bad move, monkey. It's just stupid. I've been at a party. I was under my bed. 
under your bed? I was under my bed. The only time I ever did acid, I was at a party where everyone else at the party was on acid. <laughs> there was not a single sober person. There, there was like, and there was like weed and booze involved for like everyone, dude. Yes. No one was driving. No. To the point where like, t- I remember at one point in the night, because a lot of it comes in and out, because I, I drank a lot that mm-hmm. night. There was like twenty of us walking up a hill, and there was like a stream. I, I remember two or three cop cars coming down the hill, and we were all pointing and laughing at the cop car. <laughs> And I was like, if one the the next day, I was like, if one of them had pulled over, it would have been like bonus day for everybody at right. the station. They're like, <laughs> like, they're like damn, we, we just made our quota for the year. It's January. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we can close. Yeah, we, we can don't close, have to be guys. cops anymore. <laughs> right. Everyone, we're that rich. Vacation. <laughs> we're gonna use some of those drugs we found on these kids. <laughs> have you ever heard the video of the cop who stole the pot brownies, ate them, and called nine one one and thought he yes. was dying? Dude, I think I'm dying. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> <It's> just, <it's, laughs> That's like instant karma, too. It's one of the funniest things of I'm all dead. time. Time is really weird. <laughs> I think we're dying. We're dying. <laughs> we're dead. And the, the operator's like, you're not, you're not dead. dead. You're actually speaking to me right like, now. Like, yeah, I'm, everything's cool. Just chill out. Do you, have, do you have? Any, do you have any? Uh, do you have a? Hey, uh, listen, Officer Jerry, we got some help on the way. But do you have any like Simpsons box sets? Throw some Simpsons. Go on. season three. Yep. Second disc. You don't want to start too early because the animation's too janky. It'll fuck you up a little. You want at least season three? Minimum season three. Stay away from Treehouse of Horror. And then just watch The Simpsons until you get arrested. Because yeah, <laughs> we're coming. We're this gonna come arrest you. You shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Um, what did you? Oh, the guys, the the guy who it's Jordy. His second in command is Jordy. Jordy's the one who does the ether. So when they they do the hospital breakout, Nancy Sinatra comes in, distracts everybody. Uh, dude, I loved the door unlock. That was some sneaky ass shit. I, I have a note on that too. I was like, oh, way to be sneaky because she's yeah. doing it right in front of. Me. She's not even. And she it's uses, just her confidence in the way that she goes. It's just like because she's not doing anything weird. She's walks over. She's sad. Oh no, Click, turn Joey. Around. That's yeah, the loser's beautiful. real name. She's like Joey. He's gonna die. Oh, ha, ha. And she leans against the door and she uses her sobs to cover it. Obviously, they have to ADR or foley it in loud enough that we can hear it. But she's like, oh, click. Oh. And then she, she, you even see her test the door. Like, will it open? It will open. Mm-hmm. She opens it like a, a, like an eighth of an inch and then closes it again. And she goes, oh, and turns back to the cop to get him away from the door. Yeah. But before that, this is proof again in the 1960s. We mentioned it on our last episode. No one checks credentials in the 1960s because the <laughs> is- old I'm her sister from LA trick just works sheriff goes, ah, no one's allowed in that room oh you're her sister you can come right in it's fine i have id that's it now nah, we don't need it put that away put that away i can't S- read silly you're in mourning <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to have to deal with you're in mourning <laughs> this means i don't want to have to deal with a crying woman <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the the night nurse is like on her game though. Yeah. Because when Nancy Sinatra comes in, she's oh, like, she smells a fart in a car like, for sure. I, I'm Joey's. I'm Joey's sister from LA, and I work, so and I have she to come. Tagging that back too. I work. I work. I have a. I'm a woman with a job. I'm not which a biker. I, I know it's weird, but I do have to go back to my job. Nice nurse. Or night I'm gonna nurse. lose my job because I work. And the night nurse is like, mm-hmm. hey, remember when I said visiting hours are over, bitch meant it and she's like well could you check could you check because i'm i'm i work so she goes away she comes back with the cop and the cop's like 
I hear you're uh, Joey's Joey blah 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 Joey Keen's sister and she goes yes I am he's like right on rock and roll here we go here's my gun <laughs> and they just they go back to the right. fucking they go back to the room she unlocks the door uh blues and like five other bikers show up to get uh this is I liked this though because they're like get that shit out of his arm and blues is like no no leave it leave in. in he needs that mm-hmm He's in a hospital. Well, we're just, we're just, all we're going to do is transport him, get him out of the hospital, but we're not going to like stop his medical treatment. He needs those fluids. He needs that. Let's go. Um, and then he goes, Jordy, you go watch the door in case a nurse comes in and night nurse eventually does show up and Jordy grabs her. They get Bruce Stern out down to the car and they're like, where the fuck is Jordy? Cut back to the room. Jordy's trying to rape the night nurse. Yeah. He punches her Doing in the face. Doing a pretty good job of getting almost there, too. Well, he which punched is, her in yeah. the face, dude. Yeah. There's, there's, clocked her, knocked her the fuck out, dude. Like, well, yeah, what was that movie? Rips truck, her gown off. Is it Truck Turner? Where they punch that woman? Yes. In the, yeah, the woman, she runs out topless. And she's got that huge ass <laughs> Colt Python, and Truck <laughs> just <laughs> punches her in the head. Buster knows bad in that movie, mm-hmm. as I recall. But yeah, this. Dude, this was. It was. It never gets. Rough, it never gets easier to watch a no. dude punch a woman in the face, unless and that's a good thing. Unless you're watching Atomic Blonde, because if the woman is like a capable combatant <laughs> right. somehow, I give it a pass. But like, if it's just a well, it's like the difference of, of watching like um, a UFC fighter take it to the face, or like versus like a waitress at an apple right lunch, and yeah. getting backhanded by an asshole. You're like, eh, right. those two things live in different worlds. Yeah, yeah. man, and. I, it kept it kept hitting me where I was like, God, that is reprehensible. And then your brain does this like, and that's our protagonist. Yep, he's, he's one the, of the heroes. Exactly. And you're like, holy shit! But even Blues comes in. He's he, he, this is the moment. Yeah, he's yeah. like, get the fuck off of her. Yeah, like he, what the hell are you doing? He, and you see that like, throw, God damn it! He throws him out the door and yep. he stops at the door and looks back at her as she's at, laying there. To his, and you see you see a couple little moments throughout this movie where. Where uh, Peter Fond, where Blues is like, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is mm-hmm. right. He keep he's he's doing a self check, man, self diagnostics going on. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, something is not. This doesn't calculate. I'm not good with this. Yeah, am I good with this? He's I'm like, not good with this. He's like, I thought we were about being free, about mm-hmm. being like, this is not that liberty, like this raping is... an innocent woman who's working in a hospital who is saving our friend's life. He's, yeah, it's probably not right. who we want to be. You can see, you can see him doing the work, where his brain is is like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong here. But and he, I love that she, he is the one that she sees. Yeah. And and can identify, and that's that when Jordy, his who is his uh, like lieutenant, mm-hmm. his his second in command, he's one right of the consigliaries or something. Yeah, he well he rides on Blues's right always, right, yeah. which is like he's that's the, the man, yeah. yeah. So he's he's the wingman, and when it finally comes out that Blues is wanted by the cops, he goes, I'll, "I won't let you take the rap for it, man." He yep. goes, and then Blues looks at him and goes, "Everything's fine, man. Don't worry about it." Yep. And you get this sense. Do you think that he knows then? That, that it's ultimately over. He, it's over. I think so. I think so too. Seeing seeing her with her with her blouse open and having, I think that oh, is. I think he. I think that Bruce, or I think that he knows it's over from the time he gets his bike. We'll get to it. But there's okay. a. It's when they get to the boat. There's that. All scene right, right, and right they, just, the and they decide how they're gonna drive up to the yeah. funeral. Right. I think the moment that he. I think we actually see him come to the realization that it's over, and I think mm-hmm. it's when his bike won't start. 
with the with the cats crying and they they yeah, kind of sound cat, the cats are screaming. The cats they sound like sirens of of they sound like sirens and they also sound kind of like wailing women. Yeah, it's really it's a lot. That going scene on there. is the best scene. And in also the movie. alley cats, they're kind of like the alley cats are free, but they're also feral. Right, and a lot of them are sick. Dude, this movie's so damaged. There's yeah. a lot of depth to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the cat thing fucked me up. Yeah, dude, it's uh, honestly, honestly, that that scene right there, it's only like a minute long. And he can't get his bike started. Less than 60 seconds. So much Best happening. scene in the movie. Yeah. Well, we're almost there, actually. I mean, but, we're um, pretty much there, yeah. So, Bruce Dern's death. Right? One, so my note was, uh, this is a bad idea to take him from the hospital, and they all know it. Yeah. Because unless some of you are trained in, like, the medical sciences, he's fucking screwed. Oh they my have God. a medic, but he knows... His name's Medic. <laughs> his name is Medic, but he has the hand of God for a moment. He, all, he just touches Bruce Dern, and he's conscious, mm-hmm. which was interesting. At first, I'm like, oh, that's fucking cheesy, but there's this weird, like... The temperature and the, and the, 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 the barometric pressure in that room is so weird and because they're all hollowed around him yeah. when medic like they, we need medic we need the medic medic comes in and just touches him and he wakes up yeah for me like i was in that and just sold i'm it was like awesome yep it was, it was awesome. amazing the death scene is really yep. good and then from there he's just he wants to he wants a little bit of reefer they wrap him up in a swastika flag that's his blanket yep and there's another swastika flag hanging over the bed Dude, yeah. it's like this movie makes you this movie makes you wrestle and, with some stuff. And you know, we talk about the eye acting and like the minutia of of a care of an actor when they're just the, uh, the subtle eyebrow twitches. Yeah. I think Bruce Dern actually died for a minute. I like, agree. It was like all the breath went out. You oh, I God, saw his dude. soul leave his fucking body for crying out what loud. Did you, uh, there's a moment where uh, Diane... My only note, all I could write was, holy shit, holy shit, good death there. Yeah. Like, there's a moment where Diane Ladd is like, turns to blues and goes, why didn't you just leave him there? Mm-hmm. And then later she goes, why won't you take him back mm-hmm. to the hospital? Right. And blues is like... Again, dude, it's that fucking Easy Rider. Easy Rider is a better film, and Easy Rider absolutely nailed the line. But like, again, it's it's you can see we Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda yeah. looks down and he goes, "You can see it in his head." He's like, "We blew it." Yep. Fuck. That's. I just kept hearing that beautiful line throughout here because there's so mm. many moments. I wish I'd had that in my. Because that is because it's the, every. Yeah, he blew it. Fuck. All all blues does the whole movie is he keeps he keeps trying to be free and having a good time, and it always ends up being a mistake. Ah, damn it, dude! It's so good. There's is there anything you want? Because there's a moment where medic looks up and looks at at blues and shakes his head like no, he's, he's done. done. Yeah, he's not coming back. And that's when uh, Jordy uh, or not? It's not. Uh, I think it's I think it's blues. Is like, is there anything you want? And he, he just, uh, uh, he some the, the loser he get... goes, I just want to get high. Yeah. And there's a, there's a crying baby in the room. Cause it's that it's girl's wailing. room. That baby's wailing. And, uh, it's the only other human making noise. What do they call him? It's not Jordy. It's another guy. They call him like, they call him joint or something like that. That's oh, his like, name. Like he's, reefer he's or like, something. Yeah. He's like the yeah. weed guy and he gets a joint lit in his mouth. And he hands it down and this woman is screaming in his face and the baby is screaming just because it's a baby and it's mm-hmm. terrified. And what I love about that moment is he does not even look at her. She's like five inches from his face. Get out of my fucking room. And that means all of you this too. Is my room. And the loser's dying on the bed. And this dude gets a joint going, doesn't even look at this woman because 
uh, let's call them joint or whatever. Right. Like joint, blues, medic, and Diane Ladd are at this bedside vigil, and none of these people are even here. Yeah. It's beautiful, dude. This death scene is so amazing. And Bruce Stern gets the joint to his lips. He takes a hit. It goes all right. The second hit, he coughs on. And you're right. This is when he dies. And he just, he goes like, it's, he says something like, oh man, or something. Like he just kind of, you can see him going. And then he drops the joint on his own neck and doesn't flinch, by the way, because that's nope. a legit ass lit whatever it is. It's not, you know. And then he just expires. There's something, not, I don't want to get too heavy on the show, yeah. but, but um, when my, I, I was at my grandpa's bedside when he'd passed. And there, there's something about Brewster's eyes when he dies and the particular way that is because anyone can make their eyes go flat right it's like oh okay and you die and make your eyes go flat or like and your mouth goes slack right anyone can do that Mm -hmm. but like I have I have really vivid memories of that moment it was a really powerful moment in my life sure and that Brewster's eyes Looked the way my grandfather's Holy eyes fuck, looked dude. like, and wow. I've never seen any living person's eyes look that way before. And watching it, it's like it, it, it like obviously, you know, I felt a pain because it's a strong memory, and I was like, "Whoa, damn!" Super. Oh but at the God. same time, I was like, "Bruce Dern, dude, best eye acting." That we got a nom for right here, sure, I man. Like I, when I was watching that, I was like, I. And I, I wanted to applaud. I was like, "That is." It was so up there with Michael Fassbender and Hunger, dude. Where making you see his pupil dilate. dilate. Yeah. It was just. It was unbelievable, man. Like, and it's this dumb dude. We're talking about the Wild Angels. They're crowded around a room hung with swastikas, and they're all goofy bikers with names like the Loser and Medic. And Bruce Stern does one of the best de- death scenes I've ever seen. Period. Ever. Yeah. And. Hmm. There's, this is why I keep coming back to Roger Corman throughout my life is you watch his movies and you find shit like this in there where you're like, I can't even believe what I'm. Yeah, I've seen Oscar movies where they're like the best right, yeah. death scene ever. And I'm like, yeah, well, did yeah. you see did Bruce Stern in the wild, yeah, wild angels? Though. Yes, absolutely. God damn. It's so awesome. And then oh, and then this is again, this is the, the that Roger Corman thing. We've been building up. There's a screaming baby. There's a crime. There's smoke. There's swastikas. We're building up to that peak. Right. And then Bruce Stern dies and we are out of that scene in less than 10 seconds. And the next thing we see is Peter Fonda walking alone on a beach. Away from us with the Wild Angels theme. Uh, I wish I could fucking play. I have a, I have a, uh, uh, in my record collection, mm-hmm. I have the Ventures, and one of the songs on there is the Ventures doing the Wild that Angels one? Oh, theme. That's awesome. I can't, I can't get it in my head. If I could get it in my head, I would do it with my with my mouth right now. But fuck, dude, when it's when he's walking, with your mouth horn. I would, I would, yeah. I would, I would parrot it at you. But uh, he's when he's walking down the beach, it's it's something like. Or whatever Mm -hmm. But they start They play it on a piano Really like one note at a time And they're pitch shifting the notes So it's like That was fucking crazy dude There's somebody with a tuning wrench That's actually like manipulating that That's crazy It was That sound design on that The score on this is Like whatever uh, Yes 
pacing problems. There's sure. a, there's there's bad stuff. There is a lot the good here though. I'm I'm the fully willing is, to give it that. The score yeah. is incredible. Uh, when we get we get the return of that song because when we first get it, it's it's guitar and it's mm-hmm. buzz. And now we get it on piano and they're and you just see Peter Fonda walking in the night and you're it fucks with you. What? It really messes with you. You're like it feels like a ghost. Story or a yep. horror movie all of a sudden And when they when they turn it into the funeral March at the end and they do it like a dirge As he's walking and it's just like Organ and guitar and piano And it's like Or whatever that's not at All the melody no, but, but I'm just trying To get the effect across but They literally turn it into like a Funeral dirge and it works again The score is really Really well well done And this is where we get Peter Fonda just blows out of there. He yep. gets on his bike and he's he like, rides. I'm he's gone. Like, yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, we see um, a kid on a tricycle. I'm on a tricycle. I'm on a tricycle. Yeah, I want to be free. I want to be free to do what I want to do. Mommy Chasey, no, no. Don't you dare. And then he, we see a, mo- he's riding towards us and a big motorcycle tire pulls in front and the kid <laughs> stops yep. and mom catches up to him and she grabs the kid and like gives him, you know, like closed head injury shaking. She's like, no, 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 don't you ever His fuck. neck is never going to recover. It's unbelievable how hard yeah. she shakes that kid. I'm like, someone should have called cut and fired that woman because she's clearly just in it to hurt this kid. <laughs> but like it's, shake a kid? I mean. But she, she gets the kid away from him and looks up and sees Peter Fonda and is like, there's, Ooh, there's a little, almost a flash of recognition because mm-hmm. this is the, I think he comes back to this place at at this point in the yeah. movie and it's like it's like home maybe home ish we don't know yeah. who it is it's is but it there is, is a moment of reckon i think it might be a neighborhood person maybe it's or a friend right of, but this is his neighborhood yes because the so he he tries to go home i don't know if it's work. his family or friends yeah. and he as he pulls up he sees two uh, like trench coat detectives walk in the front door we have some questions for you about jonathan blues and he's like, fuck. And he pulls the bike back and he gets off the bike and runs to the window and listens. And they're like, when was the last time that you saw Jonathan Blues? And were he where you want him in a rape and murder case? Oh my blah, God, blah, blah. Yeah. And the people inside are like, Johnny Blues, I haven't seen him well, since 1905. Right. <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're, they're covering. They're stonewalling yeah. the cops for him. But he, this is why I think that this is the moment when he realizes everything's done. The loser died in front of him. Dude, he's like the hell's we're driving around, we're smoking grass and we're jousting on our bikes. But the loser was his best friend. That was his number two before yes. and once the loser dies, then we get Jordy as his number two or whoever. It's either Jordy or Joined as his next the next guy who steps up, the guy who tries to rape the nurse ends up. Uh, well, it wasn't Frankenstein, was it? No. No. It was a different one. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They're all so But uh, they're yeah, this movie gets the and spoilers, the end of this movie goes incredibly rapey. It's terrifying how how rapey this that movie is. That just gets. happens to be when Danielle comes home and sits down on the couch of too. Of course. We'll get to that. But but blues. <laughs> Because you see him, he he ran away from the loser's death, and where did he, the first place he tried to go home, or the first place he tried to go was home, yeah. which is interesting because the because home represents like the straight world, you know what I mean? It's no longer being free, but it's safe. I don't know. Maybe he's realizing it might be right. Like, I don't know. That's, that's yeah. not supposed to be what the Hell's Angels want, you know? Like right. they don't want the white picket fence and the mom made you some apple pie, but he's he's he needs something to grab onto and this wild free lifestyle there's no support there cuz everyone's in it for a good time. So he's going to the one place where he thinks he can get support. 
but he burned that bridge. It's already gone. So he goes back to his bike, and this is the best scene in the movie. The cats. The cat. Yes, oh you start. It's, it starts as one. You hear one alley cat just like screaming. And it's those weird. That some of them are the weird. Like the, the weird. Yeah, when Jesus. cats start making like the, the sounds of Satan come yep. out of their mouth. Like they're saying words. Get the gun! Get the gun! Shoot! You're like, if you play Alley Cats backwards, is it just Black Sabbath? But like, he gets on his bike and he, you know, I think he, I think what he's doing there is like priming the fuel tank because it's an old bike or something. But he like turns a turns some switch. Maybe it's the key. I don't know. It looked like it was on his fuel tank, and I'm like, I don't think you put the ignition in the gas. No, it's a bad idea. Don't do that. It's like bikes go boom. Get the spark, but but he like turns the thing and he gets the they it's beautiful it's a beautiful series of close-up shots that are all about one second in length it's like key turn cut close up of the the uh the kickstand then it's close up of the the kickstarter and he kicks it out kicks it down steps on it cut to him his hand on one his hand on the right handlebar hand on the left handlebar holding down the clutch and then he kicks it and nothing happens yeah and meanwhile, in the background, those cats are screaming. One more joins in. Two more join in. And then they cut to Peter Fonda's face, Peter Fonda's eyes. There's this beautiful angle that's like shot from the front tire of his bike up through the handlebars. And it's him just looking down at the ground after the bike fails to start. And he tries to start it again. And nothing happens. Holy shit, dude. You can see, you can see Peter Fonda take a moment to like... After the second time he kicks the bike and nothing happens, that is the moment where I think he's like, "Oh, I'm done." Yep, this is it. I'm gonna go bury. I'm gonna bury my friend, and then it's over. Can't go home. Can't go anywhere. No, man. He, There's nowhere left to go. He, yeah. he saw the cost. He saw the repercussions, and you see him. He, t- he after that happens, it looks like he's gonna f- cry. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's gonna cry, and he takes one moment and gets himself together and grits his teeth and kicks it again, and the bike starts, and he roar- revs it up and puts it in gear and drives away. But like, dude, the whole thesis of the movie is a nonverbal scene with screaming cats and a bike that won't start. In a Roger Corman picture. It's, dude's genius. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing, and this is this is why I like the arc of blue too, which or, or blues I think his last name is, but like the arc of blues is amazing because we see all these people around him who aren't growing and who aren't changing, and part of what what uh, incites his change is the stagnation around him, where he realizes like. Okay, we're having a party, but it's like every other party we've ever had. Uh, well, I'll hit the note at the end, but uh. Um, we'll go as we go. Yeah. So they they get to the boat and they're like, "All right, well we're gonna throw on our." Uh, it's his second. In throw command. on our colors. He's like, "We're all gonna throw on our. We're gonna put on our colors and we're gonna ride down in a big giant procession and we're gonna bury our friend in his hometown." And then you hear you hear uh, blues. blues. No, that, he ain't. That's a terrible <laughs> that's idea. Horrible idea. And he gets on there and he goes, "We're gonna drive down in twos and threes. We're all gonna take different roads and no one wears their colors. And if you see Johnny Law, you smile in his face, because otherwise they're gonna bust up the funeral." Yep. And, and this is too important. It's, yeah, that's a weird moment because to these these are the angels. It's like, wait, we gotta nothing, hide? Nothing. That's important. not what we do. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Here's what we're gonna do." He's he's introducing law and order in a way. Like, it's very strange, dude. Yeah. Because he's like. He's like, we're going to do right by our friend and we're going to put our friend in the ground 
and then we'll go from there. Maybe then we have a big blowout or whatever, but he, you can see he's like, <laughs> we blew it. He's like, I refuse to blow this. I'm yep, not. I can't. I can't I'm, fuck this up. He's like, if I can't pull, if I can't bury my, if I can't bury my friend right, then I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So they all jump on their bikes. They get down there. <laughs> hey, preacher, I got a little extra money. I got a little work for you or whatever. <laughs> the, the scene where the where the preacher's walking towards the church and he's just With looking all around. the bikes. He's like, what the fuck like did I get myself into 50 here? 50 motorcycles spread out and he's Dash looking around was like, a real bad idea. I better go home. I don't know who that actor was, by the way, but the preacher's awesome. Yeah. He's so good. I wish I had his oh, name. Oh, poor preacher. Yeah, no kidding. I will say one thing. Yeah. Before we get to the funeral is... There are a few things that I love seeing more than bikes on California blacktop. Yeah. Like it's just yeah, baby. I love motorcycles. Yep. Any dude, I'm a sucker for biker films. I love yeah. every time I see him, I'm just I know exactly what I want, dude. Maybe not wild hogs, but 1960. Not wild hogs. I want a 1969 Triumph Bonneville. Hell yeah, baby. I just want a Honda Valkyrie. I don't know. Call me weird, but I want the fucking Ford Escort of. Like the Ford uh, bikes, yeah. As long as it's not a Honda Goldwing, no. As long as you're not cruising around on a Goldwing, no, no, no. This one looks like a motorcycle. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Does it look like a motorcycle that 65 year old people would wear driving from Canasta to Canasta? No, no, maybe, possibly, maybe. Who cares? Buy it. I'll buy my and I'll buy my Triumph, and we'll cruise around. It'll be fine. It'll be rad as shit. All right. What what kind of bike did um uh. Your, oh wow, your Tom Cruise! That was good radio. Your uh, Tom, all the way off. It did. <laughs> I had to restart it. Tom Cruise have in Top Gun? Oh, I don't know. Mm. I haven't seen Top Gun in a really long time. It's like a crotch rocket, like though. 14. I don't want one of those. I want yeah. like a bike, bike. It's like when people are like, "You should get a Ducati." I'm like, first of all, I'm poor, so no. Right. Three hundred fifty thousand dollar <laughs> bike is not quite in my budget, and they only make, absolutely not. They make one hundred and forty eight of them every time. So right, it's right. Not so in, I'm like, I'm gonna give that a hard pass. Or people who are like, the new BMW uh, touring bikes are really cool. I'm like, no, they're not. They're dumb. <laughs> I want one that goes chugga, 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 Exactly. Chugga, yeah. If I'm going to buy a motorcycle, I don't want a motorcycle for like practical purposes. No. I want it so when I pull up, people are like, is that a motorcycle? Oh, fuck him <laughs> yes. with my... I, I want one where like, they don't want to fuck me. They want to fuck the bike. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or, or they pull up and they're like, oh, no, he probably has a, a tattoo that says something offensive. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> where my long hair will look appropriate when exactly. I get off the bike. You get on it, you're freshly showered. You drive a block, you get off it, you're greasy Twinkie and dirty. sandwiches. You just yeah, you got your like hair starting to dread because it's so greasy. Like that's the kind somehow of somehow a cold sore is like you have a cold. Like you get on the bike, you pop a stick of gum in your mouth, and by the time you get a block later, you're finishing your first cigarette. Yes, like I want that motorcycle. Yeah. That's what I fucking want. Um, what did you think? Okay, so. I did you make the connection that I made as well, which was when they put down they put the loser down. That by the way, that first establishing shot of the of the church from mm-hmm. the back left corner where they kind of pan across and you see that that's beautiful, yeah. dude. It's I'm it's right like there with snow you. Snow is kind of melting. It's well inside inside the church. Oh, when inside the when church. you see the swastika and all of the yeah, it's like that's when I was like kind of checked me it a little is, bit. Dude. Like, why is this so pretty? It is, and it, that's a big fucking swastika, dude. Vi- <laughs> If something's visual, visually appealing, it's just visually appealing. Yeah, There's exactly. nothing you can it's do. It's not about like it. a, I suddenly agree with the politics of the Nazi party. Right, like, like not, well, not saying that in the slightest. No. Yeah. Okay. Carl, can we? Are we gonna? Let's make a statement as measuring flicks. The as as the podcast, we are gonna come down strongly against 
the Nazis. Absolutely. Okay, there. I'm Perfect. glad. I'm glad we said it. Yeah. But I'll be the first to say best uniforms in history. Oh yeah. Those leather jackets, dude. For the that, SS uniforms oh are some of the sharpest military uniforms ever made. Uh, okay, Mil- they so, they're awful. Nazis are bad. Not but they're agreeing well with dressed. their politics or what they do with people, but they they know how to make a cloth. That's a sharp dressed army, dude. Yeah, I'll say it, dude. It's and, and it's Hugo Boss. <laughs> like, there's a reason that it's a right. sharp dressed army. Like they they understood pageantry, man. Right. It's, well, that's just it too. It's like if you look sharp, people will go ooh. It's hard to oh. yeah, man. It's and also the fear that you see an SS pr- with all that black leather you're immediately like i'm fucked they literally had skulls mm-hmm. as they're in sig in psychological their warfare in your in your wardrobe yeah Ab- yeah dude yes and again in every stitch we're yeah. strongly anti-nazi on this Absolutely. podcast but uh but no man like uh did so did you make the connection that i made right away which was the the bent cross surrounded by the christian crosses oh absolutely holy shit dude it's it's amazing. I didn't. I did not have enough because I watched this yesterday. I don't have. I good. I'm hungry as shit. All right, we're almost. Do you want to eat some food? No, I'll be. I gotta have a roll in. All right, we're almost out. Um, dude, I uh, I lost my train of thought. So I'm sorry. It's fine. My tummy went. That's my tummy's been doing that for three months. It's awful. Mm-hmm. But um, there's something about the connection with the cross and the rolling I, cross. Oh, I don't have enough. What my thing was is I don't, oh. I don't have I didn't have enough time. I don't I don't think I have enough time in my life to sit down and fully. That's not true. I could do it in a week. But like to unpack this scene, I wanted to have like come loaded, ready to go on this scene. It is but so dense, man. There's a lot happening here. There's a lot of of symbolism. There's a lot of mini character arcs that all come to a close. Stories, in that chapel. yes. Yeah, so Stories start, have a middle, have an end in eight minutes. In the Dano Ma, like it's amazing. It's the the amount of ground they cover. of them happening at a time, like it's insane. The, the, so like the the best scene in the movie for me is when Peter Fonda's bike won't start. But mm-hmm. I think that this is the this is the heart of the movie, man. Well, yeah, because this it's the conclusion in. Not like the conclusion of the movie, but it's like if you're going to have a conclusion to your thesis. Right. Yeah, this is like the, the closing this is argument. All the closing argument. Absolutely. Watching the preacher eulogize the loser and be like, Joey Carnes, Kearns, man. I'm sorry, what? His, His name's Kearns, man. And then everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Watching them heckle a priest. Mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic. I'm like, who do you think you are? He's up there saying boring shit that none of you care about. Now be quiet and wait for you your You are cracker. in church. Doesn't matter. Mm-mm, not to these guys. Not at all. Holy shit. So there's so here's this great speech, right? Peter Fonda shows up with uh, Nancy Sinatra. They sit down and the preacher's like, and the good Lord and Peter Fonda stands up and he's like, you're so full of bullshit. What did the good Lord ever do for the loser? And he's like, well, he gave him the gift of life or whatever. And he goes, he goes, well, did you blah, blah, blah. You're so, you just taught. Why don't you think for yourself, man? Why don't you ever say your own words? And the preacher goes, all right. Tell me what you want and that you can see this is it, dude. This is what blues has been struggling with for the whole film. He's just been going. He hasn't given this any thought. And the preacher's like, fine. Hell's angels. I will ask you directly. Directly. What do you want? And there's the speech is amazing. Peter Fonda goes, we want to be free. We want to be free to do what we want to do. Which is he, you see a couple times in this speech, he says the same thing twice because he has no he fucking has no idea. idea. He goes, "We we want to be free to ride. 
We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. He's just adding to old ideas, dude. Yeah. And then he goes, and we want to get loaded. And he goes, and that's what we're, and we, and we want to have fun. And he goes, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a party. And that is when shit goes off the fucking rails, man. The p- <laughs> what are these pews doing here? Someone picks Someone's, a pew up over his head yeah. and smashes it on the floor. Yeah, it's, someone get these pews out of here, and they mean it. Like, yeah. Holy shit. They're smashing. Mom shows up with a bucket full of booze. Lots like, of alcohol. Oh, my God. It's like pure bacchanalia, man. Um, so here's the note I was trying to find earlier, and I couldn't find. I said, this bit reminds me of the end of Easy Rider th- during the speech. Okay. Um, they've failed... He, blues realizes that even as they're here getting ready to bury Bruce Stern, they've failed to get any deeper or to go anywhere beyond themselves. Nope. Like they don't, he realizes they don't stand for anything. And it's almost worse because they are here trying to bury a friend and that doesn't even matter. It doesn't, they, they try to, they, they try, try to bury their friend and fail yep. to do it. Fucked they, it up. They can't even bury a, their friend. They, nope. The funeral falls apart. And you can see Blues just like, this is the His old lady gets gang raped. Not Blues' right old the, lady, the loser's old lady. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah, the yeah, loser's yeah. old lady gets, gets she gets gang raped right next to his dead body. Oh my God. Dude, here's where my, here's where my notes get kind of weird. My, it goes, it goes, raping the widow of the loser at his funeral. Mm-hmm. And then my next note is, and these are our heroes. Yes. Taking the loser's body out of the casket. Propping him up with a smoke in his mouth. This is 1966. We see this happen in Full Metal Jacket, which I think is in the 70s. Yeah. Like this movie, Corman touched the the the. Film I will say this: as man. difficult as as a lot of the things in the scene are to watch, the movie's got fucking balls, man. Yeah, this is this movie is this, utterly I mean, fearless. His, his balls are hanging low and proud, dude. Just like. Holy shit, dude! Not afraid to show it. Mm-mm. Not they, afraid to know it. Like this movie, this movie does not blink at all. No, nope, it's, it's not as graphic as some of the other movies we've watched. But this is. And if you're gonna go there, don't push it. We talked about it on the on a Patreon episode. The bone, about it was the remake of Straw, Straw Dogs. Dogs. Like if you're gonna go, if there, you're go gonna there. go there, go there. Don't fucking because it's almost worse in that way. Yeah, if you pull your if you pull the punches, it makes me feel. It makes it. I lose respect for you. Right. Because it's like. The the original so uncompromising in the remake they were pulling punches left and right and we were just like why even bother if you're gonna be a coward right this movie it has, makes it stink more for somehow this but movie this has zero cowardice and I appreciate that I did too yeah. not this scene the last eight minutes of this movie once they get out of the church it gets a little easier but this is a hard thing to sit and watch dude well it's again like you were saying before we get all this noise for like eight ten minutes and then it's a quiet slow funeral procession to the graveyard yeah it's it's that beautiful Corman like here comes the wave and it's gonna break over you just kidding here's a quiet thing yeah. now think about it yeah. It's amazing, dude. So they take five minutes to slowly go to the cemetery. And I wrote, Holy and shit. so like, it's a party. They're having a party. La la la. And it, I wrote, I mean, obviously this would be self-evident to anybody who watches it, but I wanted to make sure we verbalized it on the show for people who didn't see the movie. And I said, this is not meant to be fun. This is meant to be no. horrifying. And, and it, it is. is. Fuck dude. Dude. it. I almost cut into a fight with Danielle. <laughs> watching this yeah. scene well as i already stated like this is this is when she got home from rehearsal and sat down I'm like 
beware we talked about this movie yesterday you sit down i have a sense that some bad shit's about to happen yeah. she sat down i'm not like mad at her right right, right. you just but, wanted to let her know i was like hey fair. and then immediately afterwards like losers uh, old well, lady Frankenstein and Jordy yeah. go and rape the losers. Yeah. And that's that's widow. when she sat down. And that's when she's like, Carl. And you're like, I'm I like, just I told, told you. you. But dude. But in fairness, it's like, well, she's living in my house, our house. Right, right, I'm not right. going to be like, you go in the other room. It's her fucking house, too. Right, you know, right, it's right, like, yeah, it's yeah. our home. You're like, it's almost done, too. It's There's almost, like yeah, eight yeah. Min- eight, nine minutes left or whatever. But it was just like, but then I felt bad for like, kind of chastising her too though i was like right. i warned you but no it is kind of fucking fucked up what we're seeing up. right yeah. now so it was like a check like a like a brain check moment mm-hmm. there too for a little bit like no this is really fucked up it, shit dude it doesn't even stop there no it, it uh because the frankenstein frankenstein and and jordy get up and they're like i think it's jordy and they're like zipping their pants up and frankenstein goes hey the gang's got a new mama back here yeah because like the open invitation, she's ready. Because her old man's dead. And you know what we see? We see two more bikers go and like yep. kneel down over Diane open Ladd's for body. Open business now. That kind of just makes... Mm. So the scene goes from two guys raping the loser's widow to everyone in the club gang raping the loser's widow at his funeral while his dead body is propped against the wall with a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. Dude, I don't think... I, I've, we've seen some fucked up shit on the show. Yeah. This scene is pretty, I mean, it's like top, top five. five. Top five for sure. I mean, sure. we're putting that with Spit on Your Grave, Last straw House dog. on the Lift, oh, yeah. Last even, Straw Dogs. Even the Patreon movies, yeah. even the I Spit on Your Grave yeah. movies. It's, uh, the, I think I, the I Spit on Your Grave movies are one through four, but like, right. this is this for is, sure top five, dude. This was really upsetting. Yes. It, you just sit there and you feel sick. But the magic of Corman is that not eight minutes later we are now feeling sad and we, we are now with them on this funeral procession you're with blues you're blues but there's like three of them that you end up liking at yeah. the end of it but yeah but Dude, it's, it, even blues that, goes dark as shit yeah, that gear shit oh he does he gets uh, i don't want you anymore well he he grabs the he grabs the ether that he's been fighting against this whole time and he's just big huffing, huffing yeah. like he's breathing for like a minute into this <clears throat> ether rag and his girl mike played by nancy snatcher comes over and she's like blues and he like doesn't slap her but he like bats her away and he goes i don't want you yep he's like get off me i don't want you and then he walks up front and i can't even remember who it is but he goes and has sex he goes and have sex with somebody yeah behind the the altar behind the altar but no not the altar oh behind the coffin behind the swastika casket with the priest in it, the unconscious, they beat the priest into unconsciousness, tie him up, and throw him in the casket with the swastika on it. You know, I, I've seen this scene. Hearing it, hearing it said, it's what the fuck did we see? It's nuts, dude. And it, gets, it sounds like we're making half the shit up, but we're not. And I was just about to say, and like, and thank God it's over. It's not no. over. It gets even worse because. They drugged the the way that they were able to rape gang rape Diane Ladd is they drug her with ether and the party goes on so long that she comes out of it. She gets up and her dress Mm-mm. is shredded. Her makeup is shredded. Her hair is like up in a weird tussle. So I, I want to just read my note because I don't think yeah, yeah. I'll, I don't think that we're getting to a point in, in the sheer fucking madness of this that there's no cogent way to talk about it. No. So my note is. Oh shit. Clothes torn, drugged, brutalized, repeatedly raped, and now out of her mind. 
watching her stagger around, watching Diane Ladd stagger around the church, something inside her broken, gone, done, and lost. Is this what they meant by freedom? That was my thought, too. And the next thing that happens is she finds the loser and starts talking to him. She sits down next to her dead boyfriend or whatever and is like, loser, you're not mad at me are you? for being raped just now by yeah. all of his friends. You're not mad at me, are you? I couldn't I couldn't stop it. I didn't have a choice. It, Dude, yeah. you want to just like vomit your heart out. And destroy your television. It's unbelievable. This movie's unfucking real. Talking about it now, yeah. like you watch it and you get through it and it's fine. But then when you actually sit with it, like we. But do what for the makes show, it easier is the sequel that they made, Weekend at Durney's. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like I had to. Bre- you gotta let some air out. Know, dude, I'm that glad you did. Was getting tight. It, God, dude, it's ugh, like the Diane Ladd talking to Dern is so it's fucked rough, up dude. that you just, but yeah, it's it literally, but, and I wanted to shout out Dern, by the way, because again, it's important to remember. Dead acting when you're, I mean, that's, that's not easy business. He's got the sunglasses and the he's cigarettes got, he's sticking got the out smoke his in his mouth yeah. and he's got, they put it, they tuck a hand into like his shirt yep. and his arms back and he's got the sunglasses on. The fact that Dern was able to do all that and not laugh, because the stuff they're saying before it gets really fucked up is when they pull him out of the. They, yeah, they when they first prop the, him when up. When they first prop him up, they're saying like fairly funny stuff. Right. They're like, hey, the loser wants a smoke. Here's a smoke, loser. Ha ha ha. Dern doesn't react at all. He is He's dead. <laughs> I'm not positive that Dern didn't. As He's like, well, I'm going to make a commitment as an actor and uh, die for a month. Right. I'm pretty sure that he did. <gasps> you he, haven't seen Tideland. I haven't. Oh my god I think Dern might have just legit died for a month Well that's, I felt like Jeff Bridges died for You need to watch Tideland with me Tideland? Yeah Okay We'll double feature that and Mary Poppins Sweet Oh my god You're gonna break your brain <laughs> Perfect sister yeah, films perfect. I'm sure Um So then we get to uh Basically like all this shit goes totally nuts And then Blue's kinda He doesn't come to his senses but he's like you, you, I'm, he, I'm you done get it. Now. He's like, we fucked this up yeah. so bad. So he goes, get him back in the ca- casket, and they throw him back in the casket, and they close it, and they do a funeral procession through town. But it's not that quick. It's, it's it is that quick. It's where Roger Corman brings this. It's cacophony, dude. It's fifty screaming cats in a church, and then it's you're out in like the foggy mists of yeah. New England, and they're riding their bikes at like one mile. Yeah, it's just a a, a sea of as they. Roll through and town. the other the other old ladies are like walking with Diane Ladd. Diane Ladd, who's just she just she doesn't even know what fucking planet you've she's never on. seen a woman look more lost, completely than her. broken. Bravo! Everything about her is broken. It's important to remember yeah. we're talking about a movie, mm-hmm. so none of this actually happened. Right. This is all. This was all like these are all performances. Yes, amazing, amazing performances. Yeah. And right here, like Diane Ladd's good throughout the movie, but holy shit. From the moment they, the moment she gets up and walks over to Bruce Stern, but when she's walking in the procession, she's just like, it looks like she just took a whole bottle of Xanax. Yep, doesn't God? That's nothing more like, sad than than a person that is so hollow? physically and psychologically broken that they don't even know what who they are, where they are. It's so much static. Yeah, just. It's crazy, man. Fuck, dude. And you can see. And, can, and Bravo. For, to for her, Diane man. Ladd, yeah. Holy Seriously, no kidding. Shit, 
Um, for those of you who are imagining the worst, this movie does thankfully cut away. We actually don't see, we don't see any of the It's all the implied. Scene. But it, it doesn't, it, it it's doesn't not any it, less horrifying, but if you're worried about like visually that, seeing it, it's not Yeah, there. we don't want to dip our toe in that, in that crazy territory, uh, territory of a tasteful rape. Again, right, I, I remember, think, yeah. yeah, season, in the Patreon, one of the Patreon episodes, because we, come on, man, we'd watched four in a I row. I know, I know. <laughs> like, you can all, oh, no, this one was more tastefully done than like, Danielle, like, they didn't tasteful rape? Yeah, she's like, what did you just say? And I was and like, we are like, no, that was pretty I'm stupid, like, yeah. I was like, hold on. What I meant was, I'm, I, I was, I, I stand by the statement. Like, right. If you're gonna, well, in the show that I'm in that we're gonna talk about tomorrow with my sister, yeah, there is something that uh, that I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, or my character does to a young boy, and yeah. it's done very. We're doing it very tastefully, as best you can. Yeah, tra- Carl but is playing a child molester in but a play yeah, right but, now. But it's the same sort of things. Like, there's no such thing as tasteful child molestation. No, but you can portray but that portray- scene in a tasteful in way. In a tasteful way. That's what I meant by. Right. I think I, I said it was a. I, I think we, we clarified. We, clar- we yeah, clarified we did. it. Yeah, we did. We we walked those hills until it was all sorted yeah. out. It's but- the who's Tommy for anyone that's wondering <laughs> what what I'm doing to young, it's to young Tommy. It's from it's from uh, What's it's your Uncle name? Ernie. Uncle Ernie, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone familiar with the show knows that that's a um, it's, it's a despicable thing that happens in the show, and it's part of the whole journey that this Tommy character goes on. Right. So. Let's wrap this up. We'll All talk right. about that briefly, well, and we'll get you some yeah, food perfect, so you don't perfect. fucking die. But uh, a, a kid, they get to the graveyard. There's a hole already dug. They get, they go to lower him down. I feel like it's someone else's grave. They're gonna I kind of do too. <laughs> like it's just any. It's like there happens to be. Hey, there's Bob's grave. Oh, don't say anything. They're Hell's Angels. Oh, Shut the fuck up, Bob. Susan. Put them back in the cooler. We'll dig him another one. Right. But that's his headstone. We'll cut him another matter. one. God, just shut fucking the fuck up. Jesus Christ, Susan. You're looking over here. Just hide it. God damn it. Uh, they said it over there. <laughs> Wasn't us. We like you guys. That? We're just eating ice cream. N- Hail Hitler. <laughs> right. Is that how you say it? Is that Hail, Hail Hitler. Hail Hitler. Is that right? I don't think it's right. They look mean. We're not mean. Some, We're making it worse. They're, They're coming worse. over here. They're oh, coming over here. We're out of here. Bye. Schwastikins. Schwastikins. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we need a video element because I did the I know you did, but shitty, but super <laughs> shitty. You, it was like you were like overhand throwing a frisbee, yes. <laughs> like I was putting. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so a little kid throws a brick at the Hell's Angels. Oh god! Oh yeah! And they drop the casket into the hole. Oh dude, it's so gnarly because Peter who threw that stone. Pe- they all turn to look at the crowd, and Peter Fonda puts his hand out and grabs his second in command. He's like. The line is, we got to bury him first. And the guy shoves Peter Font, the blue, the, the, prez, the prez, off of him. And he goes, he can wait, man. And then they dive in to fight. And that, I mean, that's kind of why when this next thing happens, they're fighting. They're beating people up. Sirens. Everyone jumps on their bikes. Except. Except blues. And dude, like as hard and as harrowing and as unlikable as these people are in this movie is. Something about Peter Fonda pulling that shovel out of the dirt and putting that to first, cover his friend. He came here to bury his friend. He fucked that up, and he fucked it up. He blew it, man. Like that we talked about at the beginning. The la- that last line: "We gotta go, Blues. Get on the bike. We gotta go." And he goes, "There's nowhere to go." That's brilliant. Like as as uncomfortable to sit with as this movie is, like the end of this movie is brilliant, utterly brilliant. There's something that so and it ends in it's it's not lost on me that 
it's it ends in a cemetery so it's the real death of yeah it's the death of that whole movement it's mm-hmm. the the death of that concept i mean i'm kind of okay with no nazis riding around on bikes for sure but me too man if the other side of that coin is is easy rider it's the free to be it's the hippie it's the on your bike and you're cruising well, that having a good time. These are kind of these movies, kind of to me. Even though they are both made in the '60s, mm-hmm. they both feel like the death knell of the hippie movement. It mm-hmm. seems like they understand th- this is. It's like when we talked about uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yeah, like that is the end of the West. These two movies are like there are no more people riding around it's trying the to the sterilization be of of the United States in a way. Yeah. It, well, because so good things happen when you sterilize. You kill bacteria that can can harm you and can make you really sick, right. which would be like the Nazis or the the Hell's Angels who are about hurting people or being right. anti-Semitic. Fascists. Fascists. Well, we, we, this movie is fascist. But also, you know what happens if you use uh, hand sanitizer every day? You get super bugs. You get super bugs because you have good bacteria that lives on your hands that fights those things. It's your first line of defense. So too much sterilization a, is a bad thing. There's another meaning to the word sterilization. When you sterilize something, it can no longer procreate yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So when this dies, when the when when America's become sanitized and sterilized, yes, you can't create anymore. These people. Oh my God, dude! Here, I found a way to tie it into sourdough starter. When you make sourdough starter. Yeah, I, <laughs> Finally, dude, almost a year and a half. <laughs> I've done sourdough metaphors before. Oh, no, you I'm have. Sure, but like, I get the crusty. When you first, yeah, she's, look at her up there. She's all beautiful. I got to feed her today. I haven't fed her yet. But uh, when, when you make sourdough starter for the first five days, it smells fucking awful. It's rancid. It's rank because what you do essentially is you just mix water and flour together. And the yeast from the air and the yeast from your hands is what makes gets it going makes the bacterial colony that that makes your sourdough starter live but at the beginning there's a ton of bad bacteria harmful bacteria in there as well over time what happens is the good bacteria the good colonies of bacteria win they kill all the bad bacteria and then you have a healthy sourdough starter and that's that you it's fucking nature's crazy dude like honestly I, it was hard to be in the kitchen for like day three. Oh, it's like so bad and foul yeah, and I mean, our kitchen's kind of small, so you'd go over by the fridge and you'd be like, what mm. the fuck is that? And you'd smell That's the That's going to be delicious bread later. It's though. gnarly, Amazing. but one, one, when your sourdough's been feeding regularly, it smells kind of citrusy, kind of fruity. Um, and it's the good bacteria has killed all the bad bacteria. But if if you kill, and, and that happens over time naturally. If I were to be like, oh, that smells horrible, and throw a bunch of antibacterial agents into the sourdough, then you everything dies. Yeah. You don't get bread. So the sterilization of it, like, uh, in a weird way, and this this will be brief, I swear, but yeah, in a no, weird way, I feel like society will correct for things like fascists on motorcycles. Th- our, our immune system, our, our social immune system will weed that out eventually. If you just keep pouring, like... Ooh, we, we, I, we, oh, before, I saw it happen. Before you right. leave, there's I have political stuff I want to say mm-hmm. to you, but like, you know, like, but if you ju- if you keep regulating forever and just keep smashing stuff down, then suddenly you're throwing out. You've lost your forward sourdough. motion. Yeah, yeah, you throw out your sourdough, man. So I don't know that this movie really. This was a weird one for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you didn't like it. I did like it. Either way, I, I like think the it, moments in it, and I really, again, a lot like Bloody Mama. Yeah. From from Dern Act three is Act three on is, point. is fucking brilliant. 
Um, I just found myself bored a lot with it. In the first two thirds yeah, or two-thirds. the whole movie? Um, kind of whole movie because yeah, even yeah, in yeah. the. Uh, but Some of the church stuff goes church a little Church stuff goes long, a little long, yeah. But isn't that a weird place to be where you're watching so much horrific shit that eventually it's, it's, you, you start to get sensitized yeah, to it? Weird. Yeah, Anyway, uh, that's all I've got for, for Wild Angels, man. Um, contentious movie. Mm-hmm. Either whatever way you want to watch this flick. I'm glad that it exists and I'm I'm happy that I watched it. So am I. So. I'm glad I watched. This is the second time I saw it and I I realized that my brain had blocked out the entire act 3 and now I know why. Yeah. Cuz I was watching I was like I don't remember this. You I retconned it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was like, like and then what happens is Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper and there's some rednecks and the uh, Wrong movie, Max. CCR's playing shut up subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So um so that was Wild Angels. Uh, next up, we're going to be... Let's talk about our very special measuring flicks that's going to pop up. Do you have like five minutes? Yeah. All right. So, Carl, you're in a play right now. I am. It's a musical. It's called Who's Tommy? It's uh, the, the Who Wrote It. Yeah. <laughs> as, as it turns out. So we want to do a special tie-in episode with the Old Town Playhouse here mm-hmm. in Traverse City. Uh, my sister uh, happens to be directing this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, nepotism is a beautiful thing. Just kidding. She would only cast me if it was right for the part. She cast her brother as the child molester. Perfect. Anyway, right. and so. And you were perfect for that part. Yeah, she she's saw, like, I know you. I've known you my whole life. Se- perfect. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, you don't even need to audition. I grew up with you. And right. if anyone <laughs> screams child molester, it's my brother, Carl. Wow. And you're like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the so we are yeah. going to tomorrow we're going to watch the film version Tommy mm-hmm. uh which is not the who's Tommy the music is in it the story is it follows along the same sort of track okay but different people die new characters are the it's weird is okay it's an acid trip i've never like, seen it's it it's got elton john in it it has jack nicholson in it it has what? like everyone is in this fucking movie okay it's a romp it makes my sister angry because it, yeah, because okay. it's such a far departure from the the Who's Tommy, mm-hmm. which we grew up with. One of the reasons she wanted to direct this show was it's one of her favorite things ever. And you guys, there's no there is no film version of, of that this play. no okay there is not. Right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch Tommy sure. tomorrow, yep. and we're gonna have Sarah on the show, mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about the movie how it differs from the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about the show and Old Town Playhouse, too. We want to do right. our first ever Measuring Flicks kind of crossover, uh, like, tie-in episode with, yeah, with a local uh, group, which happens I'm, to be I Old Town Playhouse. I thought that was super so. cool when you suggested that to me. I was like, totally. And we're going to be doing it on the main season. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put it out. Uh, I'll put it out on the main season. It's not going to count for our, um, our, our measuring up episode nope, nope. But it's, it, a, it's a very like this this weekend a very it's a special bonus. yeah it's a bonus flex, episode right but uh yeah i thought that was really cool and i didn't want to tuck it away on the patreon i wanted everyone to be able yep. to, to get get yeah, because so. we're gonna end up sharing it on the social media for for tommy we're gonna uh we might get on the radio at some point if yeah. we talk about the show we can point people to the episode right. it will be a, a, the first ever for us to a family friendly episode of measuring flicks yep, we're gonna try and do a pg uh, a pg I think. episode uh bird pointed out that you you can say bitch on the radio mm. but i was like i'm gonna try and say no swears that's me too all. gonna try because if we ever end up doing live stuff we're gonna yeah depending on the venue depending on the venue because bird was bird was saying like there's a lot uh she's like people who listen to your show and want and come and see you live would want to hear your show You're and right. your show is you guys swearing and saying like heinous stuff a lot of the time <laughs> right. like so she's like if you cleaned it up a lot of people would be like 
What the fuck is this shit? Talk about Charlton Heston being a misogynist. (laughs) (laughs) I came here for dicks and cock holes. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on here? You're like, do a sounding joke. And you're like, huh. Well, gee willikers. (laughs) Golly gee. It sounds like that guy has had too much to drink. Bouncers, let's get him out. Let's get him out of here. (laughs) So, yeah, but yeah, obviously, if we're doing like, if we're outside Mm -hmm. or if we're we're doing an elementary school, we probably don't. Yeah, when we do the elementary shows that we've been planning where we're like, let's watch Tommy, little kids. Oh, God. But uh, yeah, so like some venues, it'll be good to be a little cleaner. But if we. This is a good first test, a good good tester. Yeah. Dip our toe in the water. The, The radio was the thing where it made most sense to me because when i saw your text i was like me put a filter between my brain and my it's mouth rough man it's like antithetical to who i am yep. what are you talking about but then you were like for the radio i was like that's a good point because yeah. <laughs> when we're on we the gotta ra- swallow the pill for the better good yeah for the better for good the greater good <laughs> you need and some food i do i'm fading right. like a mofo all right so looking forward to tomorrow that's gonna be great we like to thank our patrons uh well actually we always thank our patrons we know who we know who keeps these lights on and who keeps us talking films so let us sit down and come together and thank connor sweeney connor thank you so much for supporting the show you're one of our he's one of our longest supporters yeah. i think he was our second patron or third patron amazing. something like that yeah been along for the long haul we got the john and the casey shyby out in new york city yeah i cannot not wait to see and meet you too i'm so excited i want to see the two <laughs> see YouTube. See the tutu on YouTube, man. And the, we're gonna put it on YouTube. We're gonna go see YouTube oh. with YouTube in a tutu on YouTube. What? <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, man. I I can't wait to get all of us together. And then we go for happy hour, so bistro fufu. <gasps> uh, John actually wants to do a movie with us to screen and talk a flick. He wants to do Swiss Army Man. Okay. So uh, let us also thank. Danielle Pelsha. Danielle, uh... Sorry about this movie. Don't blame Carl. This was my pick. And sorry, and kind of sorry I jumped at you and we were like, I warned you! No, fair enough. It was pretty rough going. I feel honestly like I'm victim... I victimize both of you occasionally <laughs> because then I sh- I'm like, I pick a movie. I'm like, hey, uh, we're okay, I got this new movie we're going to watch. It's called rape is the name of the movie <laughs> and you're like okay i guess we'll do that for the show capital r little a big p big e right 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 it's rup uh, anyway and then you come in and you're like danielle came in last and i'm like i realized that when i pick movies like this i do force kind of both of you to sit with it kind and of. then your relationship has to bear the strain of like it's putting some really good rivets <laughs> in though like yeah man you know you're building a strong uh 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 what's it what do they say marriage is based on it's not conversation it's communication yes you're building st- <laughs> it's funny so that i, I can, couldn't I remember can just, communication I can just thank you we're both getting a little hungry yeah there you go we'd also like to thank katie clark and uh we'd also like to thank Kelly and Mike oh Wagner. We're, the food coma is I saw, coming, Yeah, dude. man. We went, we've gone like the whole day with no food. So Kelly and Mike Wagner, Katie Clark, Danielle Pelshaw, John Shiby, Casey Shiby, Connor Sweeney. And a quick Thank shout out much. to Kristen Lee Stewart. Thank yeah, you again more. so much for all of the photos that you've done. It's our banner on Facebook. It's our profile picture that I still, every time it's my screensaver now on my computer. <laughs> Because uh, it helps keep me motivated. I sit down like, that's what this is all about. I need to be fucking working on this. Our, our face is mashed up, dude. Right. Sick, dude. I love it. Our nose looks like we got blasted in the face by a <laughs> by a truck. <laughs> it's amazing. So thank you, Kristen. Uh, you're an amazing producer in theater world, and you're an amazing friend, and you're a great photographer. And uh, thank you awesome. so much. 
All right. So before, uh, la- last thing, if you want to drop us a line, it's measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. And I forgot to do it last week, so I'm going to record a tag for it uh, when mm-hmm. we're done with this episode. But one thing we're doing. So this this week, we have now switched EPs. We've got all of the tracks off of Lo-Fi Lullabies in your ear, and that will be dropping uh, sometime either this month or early next month. The full album will be available to our patrons over on patreon.com slash quillinfilm. So today we're going to start dropping tracks from the second EP and actually of the two if I'm totally honest this is the one I'm more proud of um I I love this uh I, while we were over in Maine I decided I wanted to record a country album and I wanted to record it but I didn't want to record a country country album like Garth Brooksy type shit I wanted to record a country album like old timey western Johnny Cashy type stuff so the the it's called Albert Fish acupuncturist and the concept is each country track on this EP is is uh, written and performed as though by a different serial killer. Each way, it's like a compilation. That's fantastic, of dude. Serial killer country music. So the first track that you'll be hearing from Albert Fish, acupuncturist, is called uh, Americab. <laughs> Shack, Kentucky is the place I want to be It's a quiet town with lots of room and people just like me It's a place I could be happy, a place I call my home Just a little strip for all my heads, my axes and my bones There's a whore on every corner, a hardware store on every street And daycare's full of all the kids that you could ever read Hitchhikers are friendly, they always get right in Hardly ever do, they have ID and never next of kin The cops here are all fat and old, they're lazy and they're blind It isn't hard to dig a hole, the boys in blue will never find Ooh, slaughter shack Kentucky Beer and rape is just a sport. You're always sure the general store has axle blades in stock, along with plastic garbage bags and needles for your cock. And there's two, three, four, maybe more beneath the floor for the authorities to find. If ever they drop by and it's eight, nine, ten, which one was that again? When you're drunk on blood and gin Down in Slaughter Shack, Kentucky The place I wanna be It's a quiet town with lots of room And people just like me It's a place I could be happy A place I call my home Just a little shit for all my heads My exes and my bones
Tell me that you're sorry Say that you don't love my dad Say you wish I was your lover I'm the son you never had Can't say anything you want To get away from me in here But I'm still gonna kill you Just let me kill this beer Kentucky is a place I wanna be It's a quiet town with lots of room And people just like me It's a place I could be happy or a place I'd call my home Just a little spread for all my heads My exes and my bones Down in Slaughtershack, Kentucky Is a place I wanna be It's a quiet town with lots of room And people just like me it's a place I could be happy in, a place I'd call my home Just a little spread for all my heads, my axes and my bones